0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville on this special Sunday edition of the show, one week from the end of the regular season officially. I am your host, Dave McHugh, and we are on air after a week uh, in between shows, unplanned. Apologize once again for not being on the air Thursday. Uh, Believe me, this voice sounds incredibly better than it did even a day ago, let alone on Thursday when I couldn't. I could barely talk for a few minutes without there being a problem. That said, we have a jam-packed show because what we basically took was nearly all of our guests from Thursday's show, shoved them into today's show, added into today's show what we would probably normally talk about on a Sunday show, and then added a few more ingredients. So we have a special extended edition of the show. And as you are, if you are just tuning in, you obviously have figured out that we are, uh, We're on early at 6 p.m. Eastern. This is a hint to next week. We haven't nailed down our start time, but right about now we will be on the air in a week's time talking about who's into the tournament, who has found themselves on the outside with a hope of getting in, who's found themselves on the outside looking in, and who's sitting in the middle on that bubble hoping that they can get into the tournament. That's all on next Sunday's show. Tonight we'll preview it a little bit. We'll take a look at what we think may happen what teams need to play well, what teams need to win this week to assure themselves in the tournament. Obviously, all teams need to win this week to assure themselves the NCAA tournament. There are many, many teams who need to absolutely win this week or they won't get into the tournament. So that's a little bit of what we have um, on deck, as it were, right now on tonight's show. So again, we took every, almost everything we had from Thursday's show And we jammed it into tonight's show while adding also into Sunday's show that we would normally have. So on Thursdays, we normally talk East, Mid-Atlantic, South, I'm sorry, Great Lakes, and West regions. And on Sundays, we normally talk Northeast, Atlantic, South, and Central. We're doing all eight regions. For the first time in show history, outside of our marathon shows, which we didn't even accomplish this year, we are going to hit every single region with one school representing that region, split it evenly for women, for men programs. We will also at the, at the end talk about what broke this week, and that was the championships committee approving a plan to completely overhaul how regions are done in Division 3 and really put a, a template and a guideline in place with how that will all work um how how many teams or how many programs would dictate how many regions for each sport it's going to have some huge effects in some sports it's going to have minimal effect in some others it's going to change the landscape including in basketball where we potentially will be looking at in a year and a half time or really two seasons from now 10 regions instead of eight we will talk about that. I had an extensive conversation with Brad Bankston, the ODAC commissioner, who's also on the management council and as a result of his seat, sits on the championships committee as well. We we're gonna cut down the interview because it was very, very detailed. Brad gave great information. We we're gonna cut it down, save the longer one for later, but we ran out of time today. We have been when when you don't do a show and you jam it all into Sunday and you're trying to use the time in between to recover. Today got a little busier than I expected. So we got buried. We weren't unable to cut down the, the interview. It's a long one, but it is worth it. That is coming up later in the show. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook. Oh, email us, dave.mchugh at D3Sports.com. I keep doing that Hoopsville thing. It's scrolling at the bottom of your screen if you're watching us live. Um, Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We are on Instagram at D3Hoopsville as well. However... As you may or may not know, we don't interact through the show. It's a little difficult for us to do that, um, but we will certainly try. I mean, if, if, you, if you ask us a question there, listen, the chances of us seeing it tonight are, sl- are slim and none. We'll try and see it later and come back to it, as it were. So uh, we already got an email question earlier today, and I'll go to that. It's per one of our guests. Uh, Greg asks us, does Nichols have a chance at hosting opening weekend of the tournament? He's obviously talking... Um, Men, Uh, remember, week two regional rankings came out here this past Wednesday. We'll get our third pre-NCA tournament pre-selections rankings coming out this coming Wednesday, and remember, there's one final set, technically two final sets, but the final set will be used to make selections and bracket, and we won't see it until after the brackets come out. As far as the Northeast is concerned, Nichols is sitting in the four spot. Here's how I read it. I think there's a chance they could host. I, would, I, I wouldn't put it better than 50-50. I wouldn't, I, I'm a little nervous saying 50-50. They're sitting in the four spot. Hamilton's in a unique opportunity where they're in New, New York, where the committee could use Hamilton over there, not in the Northeast, and drag teams in there or whatever they need to do. Have Hamilton host, and I thought—I think a lot of us thought Hamilton might host last year, but Hamilton could host, and that would allow at least two teams in New England to host. Now, Amherst is the number one. Notice they went from 11 to 1. <laughs> That's how much this data is changing, folks. But Amherst is the one. They can't host. If they were to stay there, well, and we're making some assumptions here. Women, in the meantime, on the northeast side are sitting in the two spot is Amherst you figure Amherst women will host if Amherst women host Amherst men cannot. So now MIT comes into play and that's where Nichols might end up in a hosting spot. Should they win out? If they take a loss, I think that could hurt them. I don't think that will, will do them any justice, but there there's a chance Nichols could host and, and let's be honest, it's thanks to the fact that we've gotten rid of this SOS to win loss metric. In years past, Nichols probably would be buried behind Williams and Middlebury to some degree. That's off the top of my head. I haven't, due to illness, I lost half my week trying to dive into things here. But that's just my gut. So, yeah, you know what, 50-50 chance Nichols hosts. Uh, it, there's a chance. Listen, Amherst women may lose again because they're, you know, Bowden and Tufts have been their their their, <laughs> their Achilles heel this season. There, there's no reason Amherst women are guaranteed a hosting spot should they lose and not get the AQ. That might put Amherst men into position to host instead, again, assuming winning out. Yeah, and then I think we're back into this conversation where Hamilton, Hamilton could take another hosting opportunity in New York, which frees up another opportunity, now you're down to MIT and, and Nichols, and I think, I think you got a reasonable chance at it. So there's my answer. We'll be drinking lots of tea today. Just for the record, Sinus Cold absolutely hammered me this week. Usually sinus colds kind of sneak up on not sneak up on me, but I, I I sense they're coming. We start tackling them ahead of time and we move on. We're not not a big deal. Mm, not this time. Absolutely buried me. Brian says, congratulations to both Oshkosh teams. Yep, congratulations to them. They both played very well. Oshkosh women, I think, got a little daring at the beginning or the middle of the week. They clinched a tie for the regular season title on Wednesday and they went and cut down the nets. First off, I don't know that many programs that cut down the nets at the end of the regular season. That's usually a tournament thing, but they ended up not needing to worry about it on Saturday. Um, and I uh, got it tied up. Chris Mitchell reminds us that the first NCAA bid has been handed out. Wash U women have secured the UAA championship in the regular season. Remember the UAA does not have a tournament. They all play They're rivals next week, so Chicago and Wash U will play each other, and Rochester, uh, Emory, et cetera. Uh, Wash U has clinched the UAA title, so they have their first, uh, we have our first bid in the books. Many more to come. Uh, UAA Men is going to come down to next weekend amongst everybody else. I think the next bids are decided maybe Thursday, but I'm pretty sure Friday. The trackers, I believe, are online. They are a beast. Uh, the guys were working on them. I was following along, unable to help, unfortunately, and just got a sense of how difficult the trackers were being to put together. But those are appear to be done and dusted. Um, Anastasia says, what is it? So does Giffen. Uh, What is what? This is the Hoopsville show. We talk Division Three basketball here. If you've got questions for us, again, you can email us, you can tweet us, you can uh, send them via any of the, any of the chat boards, uh, see, on YouTube, you know, we got our page there, you can chat through there on Facebook where we're simulcasting, you can chat through there on Periscope where we got a couple of questions there from some individuals a little while ago as to what it was. I, I, I assume we're talking about the show. So let's talk guest list, shall we? <clears throat> Again, we're going to hit all eight regions if you're scoring at home. We'll start off in the Mid-Atlantic in women's basketball. Johns Hopkins head coach Catherine Bixby will join us to talk about not only the Blue Jays, who are playing pretty well, maybe flying a little under the radar, but also talk about the Centennial Conference playoffs upcoming. Then we'll jump all the way out to the West Coast. Occidental men's basketball will be on the show. Jonathan uh, Crossway will be joining us. He is a junior guard for Oxy. He'll talk to us about the Tigers' big win over Pomona-Pitzer just the other night. Also talk about their hopes of maybe making it to the NCAA tournament. Uh, then we'll come back to the East Coast, stay with men's basketball. New Jersey City men's basketball coach Mark Brown will join us to talk about the Gothic Knights. They are in the number one seed in the N-Jack, but anything's possible in the N-Jack, and you could see upsets across the board. Um, Aiden, I'll ask you. Or answer your question in a moment. Um, we'll talk to him about what has NJCU learned from last year? How have they adapted to some struggles this year? And how is the team gelling with a lot of different talent on it compared to a year ago? Millsaps Women's Basketball will then be on the show. We'll head down there and talk SAA with Justin LeBlanc, the head coach of Millsaps. They're having a tremendous season, but do they feel like they got a win to get in? Then we'll go back up to New York. New Paltz Women's Basketball has, for the moment... Um, Upended Geneseo's reign on top of the SUNYAC. Granted, they got to play the tournament, uh, but New Paltz has beaten Geneseo twice this season. We'll see with Jamie Seward how he feels the New Paltz women's basketball program is doing at this point as they head into the SUNYAC playoffs. Of course, New Paltz making it difficult on everybody, having everybody come down to New Paltz. Then we'll come up in the New England, talk Nichols men's basketball with their senior incredible guard, Marcus Etrever- Marcos Echeverria. They'll join us to talk about the team, crazy start to the season, expectations, and more, and if they're even talking about the fact they might be hosting. Then we'll talk about a team that we've talked about on this show a few times of late. LaRoche Men's Basketball will join us. Herman Carmichael, their head coach, will talk to us about LaRoche. They're in an interesting spot. If you look at the, the regional rankings, they were third in the first regional rankings. They're now fourth. No surprise there. But considering the top three, Capital Marietta and Worcester, LaRoche could move up a little bit, and LaRoche is another team like Nichols that, because of positioning, might be in a perfect spot to host as well. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, Then Wisconsin women's basketball coach Clay Knupel will join us, talk about uh, winning the NCAC regular season, what's ahead of them, and why they probably, even though they only have one loss, will they need to win the conference to get in? Otherwise, do they have a chance? Then we'll talk to Brad Bankston, as we said in a pre-taped interview, about the conference shuffling up that has been proposed. And then Pat Coleman and Ryan Scott will join us to talk about bubble teams, who may be in danger, answer some of your questions. It's all ahead on a jam-packed extended show here. Obviously, starting here at 6, we plan to go for at least three and a half, maybe more hours. Actually, I'm pretty sure we'll go more than that. We'll probably go about four hours tonight, so get your questions in. Aiden retracted his question. I don't know why you retracted it, Aiden, said, how does the hosting process work? The hosting process basically... Will work in the sense that um, top teams in each, the the top one or two teams, really the top two teams in each region are in the best position to host. They are not guaranteed that. Um, Men try and definitely try and what they say, seed their top 16 in the sense of here are top 16 teams we feel in the country and we feel they should host the opening weekend. So it can be uneven. There could be three teams in one region, for example, they think is better than one team in another region. So that will be part of it. It's the, the same system that is used to regionally ranked teams is going to be based on, on hosting. On top of that, you then have uh, the men's and women's scenario. You cannot have men and women hosting at the same time at the same school um, no matter what they do. They, they, can't, they can't arrange it that one goes at one time and another goes at another. There's locker rooms. And they, they won't do it. They've, they've gone away from it, especially you know, back in the day when the men had a, a buy. Sometimes we would see that one game played. They've gotten away from that even when the buy still existed. Women have priority the opening weekend in odd number of years, so thus this year. Men will have uh, priority the second weekend. So a case and example, Amherst and Amherst. Uh, if the Amherst women end up hosting the opening weekend, Amherst men on the road, if both make it to the next weekend and we're in position to host, the men would then host, not the women. And usually they then take that pod and move it to somewhere else in that pod. They don't necessarily go right back down to the next host. They'll move it to the other spot that that pod was made up, and that's another equation I forgot to mention with Nichols that does throw a monkey wrench into whether they're going to host or not. So that's why I say 50-50 at best, a little bit less than 50-50. Brian asks, how many teams will the CAC get in on the men's side? Maybe two, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, they'll get the AQ, so that's one. It depends on who the who the aq is if it's christopher newport york has an outside and i mean outside chance off the top of my head of getting in if york wins it or salisbury wins it or whatever i feel christopher newport might have a better chance you look at the mid-atlantic christopher newport is sitting two york is sitting three salisbury four that will change certainly but i think there's a significant step difference between two and three and so i think the yorks the salisbury's the mary washington's by the way arcadia is killing themselves by losing another time this week I don't think they can rise up high enough in the rankings or have a strong enough resume to get in. So I think the CAC is potentially a one bid league. It, two, if it's the right mix up, if that makes any or mix, if that makes any sense to you guys. Um, go New Pulse. perhaps. Well, congratulations to them. They're having a tremendous season, to say the least. Double checking to see if we got any other questions. I don't see them so far. Again, you can tweet us at D Three Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, uh, Dave.McHugh at D3Sports.com. Again, scrolling at the bottom of your screen. You can join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville as well. So there you go. Lots to talk about tonight. Top 25 also will come out tomorrow. We have two more Top 25s in the regular season. Tomorrow's Top 25s in both men's and women's basketball will come out. Then we will release one more. Next week, when the brackets come out, then there's no more top 25s until the end of the season. We don't vote during the postseason. On the men's side, the theme continues of carnage. Oshkosh lost to Lacrosse, uh, though they got Eau Claire ahead, and then they beat Eau Claire at least this weekend. St. Thomas got somewhat thumped by St. John's, 94-75. They got, they got past St. Mary's, but that was an interesting outcome. I think St. Thomas will fall a little bit there. Pomona Pitts, we mentioned, lost to Occidental. Amherst lost to Hamilton this week in a dandy of a game on Saturday, came right down to the end. Then they got past Wesleyan in the quarterfinals, probably ending any hopes Wesleyan had at getting into the tournament and maybe the NESCAC having five teams. Whitworth lost to Puget Sound. I will apologize now to Gregor Waltz. We were unable to turn the sound around, at least now. We may turn it around for the end of the show uh, with Puget Sound, one of Puget Sound's players after they knocked off. The number 12 team in the country, eighty-two or 87-72. That game was in double figures a lot. Whitworth's going to take a tumble in the polls, I have a feeling. Capital lost twice this week. They're now 19-6 and in reeling. They lost to Wilmington and then Mount Union. We told you to watch out for Mount Union. Plattsburgh lost to Oneonta, then New Paltz, at least they got passed, but the Oyanta loss could hurt them as well. Again, I think the suniak is playing itself into a one-big league if it wasn't there already. Wabash lost to Wittenberg before getting past Oberlin, and Middlebury lost to Tufts in the quarterfinals for Pool C implications. I think Middlebury's already punched its its ticket, and so anybody who was down in that 15 to 20 range in everybody's prognostications, one of them's come off the board at least. In the receiving votes category, Center lost, Arcadia lost twice. We mentioned that to Widener and Hood. Stevens Point lost to Platt-Filling. Stevens Point's playing themselves out, has uh, completely played themselves out of an at-large bid, in my opinion. Occidental, uh, as much as they got past Pomona or Claremont Mud scripps had beaten them earlier in the week. Gordon lost twice, both to Nichols and to Endicott. Gordon's in a little bit of trouble. They're going to have to win the AQ, obviously. New Jersey City, who we'll have on later, lost to Ramapo. At Ramapo, which is always a tough place to play, but New Jersey City taking a loss they probably can't afford. Mount Union, who had beaten Capital, well, they had lost earlier in the week to Baldwin-Wallace. Oswego lost to Oyanta before getting past Brockport and Geneseo in a crazy week for Oswego. Augsburg lost twice. They're going to come out of the votes category. They're 17-8. And And Scranton lost to Drew before getting past Goucher. And then Guilford lost to W&L as the ODAC continues to turn. On the women's side, just two losses. Gettysburg lost to Dickinson in a shocking score, 79-49. That was one that had all of us double-checking it. Gettysburg not playing with their best player in that contest. Um, And then lacrosse losing to Oshkosh. We mentioned that one earlier, 71-62. That is a top-25 game. Receiving votes category, nobody in the women's top 25 outside of that lost or even those who were receiving votes. So uh, women's vote will be probably pretty static, pretty simple when it comes out tomorrow. Quick check of the questions before we get to our first guests. Don't see any right now. Appreciate you all tuning in and hope you're going to enjoy the show. Coming up next, we'll talk to Johns Hopkins women's basketball coach Catherine Bixby about her squad, just how good does she think they are and how will they do in the Centennial Conference race. You're listening to Hoopso, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopso after this.
1: Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person, competing at a Division three level. It created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein.
0: I'm well, how are you? Um, much.
4: I'm a Division III student-athlete and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than.
3: So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms.
4: If you can play, you can play in Division III.
5: I'm a Division III student-athlete and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play
2: in Division III.
6: We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA.
7: Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Mike Meller, head coach of Messiah Women's Basketball and member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We really hope you enjoy the show. Back to you, Dave.
0: Oh, thank you, as always. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, dave.mcugh at d3sports.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com Hoopsville, where Greg says, is Nichols men the lock or need the AQ? Um, well, Greg... Greg, you asked us if they were hosting earlier as well. Uh, I, I think they're a lock. I, there's th- Here's the trick. Nichols is in that dangerous spot that another loss could plummet them further down than raise them up. And I don't know if staying static. Now, the advantage is all teams around them will probably lose as well, considering how many NESCAC teams are around them. I just – you don't want to gamble with it. And I think Nichols is in a spot that they look good now. They could potentially host if everything falls their way, If if – Certain things go their way, but if they take a loss, they could fall and put themselves in a lot of danger, especially considering their win-loss percentage now isn't as strong. But we'll see. Um, I I would say let's go win it. I I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't even try and focus on the uh, potential of getting an at-large bid. Uh, I think it's a little risky. Um, Women's basketball, you look at the Centennial race. We just talked about Gettysburg taking a loss. In the um against Dickinson by thirty, a, a shocking uh, result there. Uh, earlier in the week, they now are tied with Johns Hopkins atop the rankings. So Hopkins now twenty two and three has been had a quiet, successful season. I would argue, getting a little bit of top twenty five attention, but maybe not as much as others would have. Maybe because of the questions about gennysburg joining us on the blue frame technology hoopsville hotline is the hopkins head coach Catherine bixby to talk about it all and coach thanks for taking the time tonight
5: thanks dave i appreciate you having me mm-hmm.
0: we should point out one of four guests tonight who also were scheduled to be on thursday shows we appreciate you dancing with us a little bit here yeah um,
5: sundays sundays are good days yeah sunday's <laughs>
0: not bad right conference <laughs> tournament ahead obviously for you guys and everybody else it will be at Gettysburg, despite finishing tied up top the the conference. Which I know you would love to have loved to have had go another way, but unfortunately they nipped you twice this season. But you still got to be pretty proud that you guys ended up finishing tied atop the conference.
5: Yeah, really proud of the team. I mean, those two losses to Gettysburg are are tough. Uh, I think with this team, it's a little bit of a mind game right now. They, I think they intimidate themselves they Mm. talk themselves out of it a little bit uh but in terms of the rest of the season i was extremely proud of not just the individual performances but the team performance uh collectively as a group has just been really impressive especially as of late these last three games have been really really beautiful uh
0: not that long ago this program was 12 and 13. obviously you come in uh and from interesting enough dickinson who knocked off kettysburg um and kind of turn the program in, in the right direction and already seeing results last year seventeen and ten and again twenty two and three this season. What's been the the secret to the sauce, as it were, to the turnaround and getting the program back to the top of the centennial heap?
5: Well, I mean, first you gotta point out that we have seven seniors on our team. Um, now one of those seven doesn't play anymore but just having seven seniors uh, <laughs> in terms of determination. I mean, I think in the beginning of the year, there's always that question of how's the team going to be. And some people think seniors, you know, could go both ways. They might check out or they might really fully engage. And this group has always been a hundred in and fully engaged. And that trickles down, you know, when uh, your seniors are leading practices in terms of their pace and their work ethic, uh, when seniors are leading in practices with their voice, mm. you know, I think it just it helps the coach. It makes my <laughs> job more fun uh, because, you know, you just enjoy that, 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 you know, they're here to play basketball together. So when they're doing that, it's really, it's really wonderful. Um, so it definitely starts with them. And then with that trickle down, I mean, we have a first year that starts for us and she's kind of brought another intensity level on our program. She's one of the last ones out of the gym Uh, so it's from top to bottom, which is really fun to coach, you know.
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh, Your team is, as you said, full of leadership, and four of the top five are seniors in scoring, led by uh, Lillian Scott at 17.5 points a game, Lexi Schultz at 13, Madison McGrath. 7.8, 7.8, a freshman in uh, Dyer Odin Odin at 6.7, and then 6.2 for Rory Cole. So not only are they vocal, but they certainly show it on the floor as well. And when you have six on the floor at any given time, granted, not all the time, not
2: that's illegal we, we
5: actually tried that last night. Oh, we did you? We wanted to try that. Yeah, we asked the ref if we could put all six of them on and get a tech, but he said he wouldn't let it happen, so we were kind of bummed.
0: Yeah, there's some rules in place that they're not even allowed to happen. Um, that's too bad. That would have been fun to see. Yeah. But from that group, obviously, you know, the, the there's options and, and they know to trust each other clearly. Yep.
5: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Lil. We've got to start with Lil. I mean, she's had an incredible senior season. Um, she's had incredible individual performances. I mean, last night she had twenty-seven, which is just three under her career high. And that was a big game. I mean, our Sinus is a great team and they're a tough matchup for us because they can match our speed, especially at the guard position. Mm-hmm. So to see Lil embrace the intensity of that game and the pressure of that game and have one of her best games of the season just as it's great to see as a coach. And she's fun to watch. I mean she had a behind the back pass <laughs> in transition yesterday to somebody cutting the basket. So, you know, I I really enjoyed watching her grow this year. And then Lexi, um our other guard who they kind of share the point guard responsibility is the first person in Hopkins history to have over 900 points, mm-hmm. 500 rebounds and 300 assists. Yeah. So to have those two decision makers uh be leading the offense on this team is, you know, if we weren't 22 and 3, I would I would fire myself, you know, I mean, they're just, they're too <laughs> Oh, you're saying it should have been easy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, you, you saw us play earlier mm-hmm. in the year, and you just kind of talked about the flexibility and that is what those six seniors. And then, you know, we've got three juniors at play and then some of the first years and sophomores have contributed uh, and the centennial conference is so different depending game to game. So I think one of our, um, kind of tools to the success this year was our flexibility. Uh, Sometimes we can go big, sometimes we can go small, and we can have different players step up at different moments. And that's really, you know, we've been talking a lot about synergy and teamwork, and you've really seen it a lot this season.
0: You talked a little bit earlier, and and I know you and I talked uh, at another time, um, you talked about the seniors against the Gettysburg team, not kind of, you know, maybe having their heads down or not really up for the game or understanding their opportunity is probably the best way of saying it. This group isn't, hasn't been around when Hopkins was in the fray with four others at the top of the centennial that fe- doesn't feel that long ago, but clearly is mm-hmm. longer than I want to admit. Um, mm-hmm. is there a, there, as much as they're seniors and they're leading, is there still an element of, of teaching them or, or getting them to realize this is what it's like atop this conference and don't shy away?
5: Yeah, I think so. Again, these last three games, I think they've actually turned that page a little. They've started off games knowing how talented they can be and how good they can be when they play uh, smart and physical defense and if they play smart and uh, creative offense. You know, we really talk about creativity and controlling the pace. Uh, So I think the last three games that's really come together and uh, it's sustained too when we make substitutions, which is important. You know, I think before. Sometimes we would ball watch Lexi and Will just because they're so talented. Uh, and now we've we've realized that all five players on the court at all times can be a strong co- contribution to our offense. Um, for them, you know, because they haven't played a championship game and we still have to win a semifinal game. Granted, mm-hmm. I haven't won one yet either <laughs> in the Centennial Conference. Um I think then you've just got to focus on the controllables, sure. and the controllables are defense, and then our you know our execution and our keys to the game, and that's kind of been the theme this year. So we're just going to keep on keeping on with that, not changing anything, or try and talk ourselves out of this at all.
0: Speaking of the semifinals coming up on uh, Friday, you'll be at Gettysburg as we mentioned. You'll take on Haverford. It's the only game we know, as uh, Gettysburg will wait for the four-five game to be played uh, on Tuesday, I believe between Ursinus and Muhlenberg. You guys know it's Haverford. You've beaten them twice. They always say the hardest thing to do is beat a team three times. How do you get – how do you take advantage of the week while at the same time getting ready for Haverford? In other words, how do you get – how do you take advantage of the, a little bit of a time here to lick wounds, and, but at the same time keep them ready and, and – ready is the only word I got – for Haverford? Yeah. I,
5: I love having the bye, I think, um – that play-in game, you know, or Sinus and Muleberg, that's a tough position to be in. And uh, having the bye, I think, is great, as you said, to lick your worms, kind of rest a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I'm at Hopkins, and students really appreciate preparation. Mm-hmm. So this week, we really are going to dive into kind of Rx's and O's. And, you know, Bobby Morgan runs an incredible program yeah. at Haverford. And, you know, her kind of spread offense slash chin offense is intricate and wonderful. So we're going to have to be watching quite a bit of film to try and digest how we're going to attack that. Um, but I think mainly it's just pace, you know, still trying to, it's exciting, but still trying to just focus on what we can control and somewhat soak in the moment. You know, this, this season's gone by so quick. And yeah. um, some of this will be kind of nearing the end. So I really want them to enjoy it. it
0: you're sitting in the fourth spot in the regional rankings. Obviously, we'll get an update on Wednesday. I assume the message of the team is we're not playing in March unless we win this thing.
5: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I heard I heard you talk about Nichols right right before this. And uh, it's a similar kind of situation. I don't want to put uh, the decision <laughs> into the regional you know committee if we lose the semifinal game or if we lose the championship game. I mean, this yeah. whole season... Winning the championship has been our ultimate goal, um, and I think that's 100% attainable, and that's kind of just what's on our mind right now.
0: Sure, I can understand yeah. that. And I assume yeah. it's not worth distracting the team either. You want them focused right. on winning. There's no point in talking what-ifs.
5: Right, right.
0: Um, Centennial race, as we mentioned, been pretty tough. Uh, you're not nationally ranked. You're getting some attention. Fair, or do you think you guys are a little bit underappreciated? Uh, under
5: Yeah, I think it's fair. You know, Transylvania is ranked now, but they weren't when we played them. Uh, And they have beaten a team that was ranked when they played them. So that's, you know, my time at Ithaca, it was kind of similar. We definitely got ranked at Ithaca, and we made it to the Sweet 16s and the Elite Eight. Uh, So I I think you've got to show the committee that you can beat a team while they're ranked. And we haven't done that. Granted, our body of work, I think we would Mm -hmm. be an incredible addition to the NCAA conference or the tournament. Um, We have, you know, seven seniors, six at play, and and it's a team that has definitely earned it. Um, But I think, uh, you know, we want to win that championship first.
0: Sure. Makes total sense to me. Both programs playing well at Hopkins. It's been exciting since you and uh, Josh Leffler took over the program simultaneously What's it been like to to coach alongside Josh at a school that had seen nothing but uh, Nancy and Bill for decades upon decades?
5: Yeah, Josh is an incredible colleague. He is really helpful. We actually bounce ideas off each other. Um, he just kind of gave me some some pointers for yesterday's game and some isolation sets and action. <laughs> so he, you know, he knows the game really well and he runs some beautiful basketball with his team so it'd be silly not to try and use that as a resource um but it you know it's always hopkins
6: <laughs> not yeah. just
5: the basketball programs but hopkins in general uh, the sports are just so phenomenal and every coach is really great at what they do so the department is uh, super supportive the administration is supportive we have a lot of trust so we can kind of operate on our own um And that definitely allows these teams to thrive. You know, I I think it's a really wonderful spot to be at. I'm very fortunate.
0: Well, I appreciate you coming on. I certainly know Hopkins down the street a bit and uh, know what you speak of from afar, but it's good to get the insight, as it were, from you. Appreciate your time joining us. Uh, Good luck this week. Uh, And hopefully we're talking about you in a week's time as well when we're talking about those playing in March. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share those tuned in?
5: As always my final word is that I appreciate you giving airtime to Division 3 athletics specifically basketball and you know what you do is really incredible and I appreciate it a hundredfold.
0: Well thanks coach I appreciate it as well great to see you as always during the season I look forward to catching up with you down the road.
5: All right. Thanks,
0: Dave. Absolutely. Catherine Bixby joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville hotline from the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays women's team. Again, 22-3 and overall, 18-2 and in conference. You heard her say the same thing we were talking about, Nichols. Yeah, they're in a spot. Listen, in those regional rankings, you figure Messiah and Scranton are coming off the board no matter what. They aren't going to be there. That leaves Gettysburg and Hopkins right now. Again, rankings can change, and Hopkins could even get ahead of Gettysburg maybe this week. That 2 0 advantage for Gettysburg may keep Gettysburg ahead of Hopkins in the rankings. But my point being is let's just say everything went chalk. They both ended up in the championship. One of them's coming off the table. So Gettysburg or Hopkins is probably, all things even right now, going to get to the top of that table quick for an at large chance. And they may get in. But as she said, don't leave things to chance. Don't leave. If you lose, you could fall in the rankings. Somebody else could get ahead of you. That could stop you from getting in. So obviously, the goal for the Blue Jays is win and get in. Thank her again for joining us. When we come, a uh, quick question. Let's see. Oh, uh, well, thank you. My Aunt BJ tuning in. Thanks. Uh, we cover women's equally here. Uh, that's what we found is a is a blast, talking women's and men's basketball. There's plenty to talk about. Uh, Dallas said, I was checking on the internet uh, in such a program, opportunity, starting a program here in Virginia. Do you think women's college coaches would follow the game as much as men's coaches do? Women's college coaches do. They They... They, they absolutely follow it as much as men's coaches. I, I can't think of a time when I'm talking to a women's coach where the national point of view in both Division three or even the larger NCAA is not a part of the conversation. Um, it, it's, you might see the more passion on the men's side because that's what gets media attention, but the women's side knows just as much about Gino Ariema as they do about Catherine Bixby. And the best example that's going to be weird is football. Hopkins just lost their, their great coach back in early January. Uh did you know M- M- uh, Margrath died of a, of a, an apparent heart attack in a horrible situation. But the outpouring of football coaches around the country at any level including the NFL was incredible. You will see that in women's basketball as well. So um they they know each other pretty darn well. It's a tight group at the WBCA to be sure. Take another break. When we come back, we'll head out to the West. Occidental men's basketball will will be the feature in the spotlight, and we'll talk to their junior guard, Jonathan Crossway, about that team and about their chances of maybe making the NCAA tournament. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this.
8: Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division 3 has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills.
9: It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether.
0: Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW Eau Claire has been ranked the top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student athletes. UW Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold?
10: My name is Marcus Walker. I was all state.
11: Won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center.
8: I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attain only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are.
12: It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now.
4: It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division 3. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here on this Sunday extended version of the show, a little taste of what we'll be doing next week. Of course, next week, maybe less interviews and more uh, prognostications and, at, and mock selections of who we think will make the NCAA tournament. But it's fun nonetheless, and you should join us. Uh, we'll have more information on our Twitter account, Instagram, and Facebook about what we will be doing next uh, Sunday night. So follow them at D3 Hoopsville for both Twitter and um, Instagram, I believe is the word I used. And then Facebook, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. The west side of the coast is a little bit challenging when it comes to Division III. You could One word to use it would be island. That might be an understatement. Uh, the Sky Act tends to be one we certainly love talking about but are lost at trying to understand. And There's been a lot of conversation that Pomona-Pitzer should be nationally ranked with just their one loss at the time. Now two. Another team that comes to the conversation would be Occidental at 21-4. and four, Though, they also just lost this past week to Claremont-Mudd-Scripps in a Valentine's Eve game that probably would have Love to have gone another way. One thing we try to do on this show a little bit is change it up. Talk to not just coaches, but some of the players involved. And one out of Occidental that came highly selected, highly chosen by their head coach, Brian Newell, is the junior guard of the program. Johnny Crosswaite joins us here via the Blue Frame Technology um, Skype hotline. And, Johnny, thanks for taking the time to join us. Really appreciate it.
13: Thanks for having me, Dave. I'm happy to be here.
0: Um, it, it's, it's great that the technology works this way, is it not? Yeah, super easy. Yeah, absolutely. Got to tell some more coaches how easy it is. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the Tigers and the Skyhack. First off, interesting week. You guys lost to claremont Mud Script 65-57 at their place. Then you had Pomona-Pitzer, the nationally ranked team, top 10 at the time you played them, coming to town to your place. You had lost to them earlier in the season by five. You knock them off by one in a thriller. Kind of tell us the emotions of a week like this.
13: Um, quite a roller coaster week because um, we had a close game at Claremont. We definitely thought we could have pulled it out, just didn't go our way. Um, and Pomona was tough. You know, they're a very talented team. Um, and just like the game that we lost by five to them earlier in the season, it was just back and forth. We felt like we could have won, um, but it didn't go our way. So it went our way last night. We're grateful for that, um, but we're humble and we're focused. We want to continue that in the Skyhawk tournament. Um, and that's the great thing about the Skyac is anyone can win on any given night. Um, every game is competitive from the worst team record-wise to the best team record-wise. Seriously, anyone can win. It's wild.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, that's absolutely the case. And we saw from Pomona-Pitts. They went out and knocked off Whitman, uh, who was top five at the time, then lost the next game to Wash U. Anything's possible, period. And we certainly see it in the Skyac. You guys are also so close together and know each other so well that it's got to be hard to really be a surprise. To some degree, you have to be ultra-focused, I would assume.
13: Yeah, you have to be super focused on we try to maximize our strengths and minimize our weaknesses and we try to take away their best two options in um, their best plays, and make them turn the ball over and make them make mistakes. As long as we limit our mistakes, we think we have a really good advantage over any team in the sky. But like you said, everyone knows each other. Like everyone knows where we're from, you know, our background, our bios, what we're good at, what we're not good at. So it's hard to be surprised by
0: anybody. Yeah, that's saying the least tell me about this season because you guys got out on a tear but you played a bunch of teams that for us we, we can't relate to they're non-division threes like the west coast baptist cal Mil, uh, miramar you actually plays west coast baptist twice and cal miramar twice sprinkled in with some teams like Caltech, you played an extra time and roads and and such and then you got into conference play with a mixture of games like principia so it's hard for us here anywhere else in Division Three, to get a gauge of who you guys are and how good you really are or aren't. Give us a sense of what happened leading up to the game on January 9th where you guys were undefeated uh, at that point.
13: Well, I think like you said earlier in the show, uh, it's tough for the geographic isolation factor for West Coast teams in um, the Sky Act because a lot of the schools that are in this league, we don't really have the budget to travel. Um, we're happy to play teams that want to travel out to us. Like Whitman, we played the year before, mm-hmm. lost those game. Um, But this year, it's been a great start to the season. Um, We definitely got a lot of confidence playing some of those teams who a lot of people think are underrated. Um, But we got a chance to really gel and get our confidence going. Um, And we had some close. We had two Sky games in December, which really tested our grit. Um, So we felt really confident going into that first loss uh, against Claremont. Um, And again, that was just another game we felt that just didn't go our way. Um, We were right there. Um, but we're confident that we can make noise in the sky tournament. Um, and we can also make it to the national tournament, but we have to win and get in. There's no option for
0: us. I don't, right. I was going to kind of get to that topic next. We might as well jump there now. Is that the attitude in the locker room is you just, you look at the regional rankings, you understand the scenarios, you understand what your strength of schedule is. It's either win or or you've got no chance.
13: Yeah, it's win or we got no chance. I can't remember the last time that two sky teams got in, um, I mean, even though everyone's talented enough to get in, like it's just tough based on the geographic isolation and the strength of schedule. So it's win and get in for us.
0: Sure. Makes sense. Um, It's a little odd for you guys because you're done and dusted. Uh, You've got nothing left until the conference tournament. But at this point, I assume you have no idea who you're playing because there's still some conference games to be played.
13: Uh, It's pretty much set. Um, We're probably going to be at Claremont and then be at Pomona, assuming Pomona wins their semifinal game, which they should um but like i said anything can happen um so we're preparing for claremont all week and then
0: we're going to see Pomona the next night again you guys know each other so well it's not like it'd be that big a shock uh, if you had to adjust to somebody else yeah uh, talk about your team with me um you're led by a senior and you're and you have a handful of seniors uh, including zach Baines, who had 21 plus points a game six and a half rebounds Uh, you also have Austin DeWitts, that senior at 16 and a half, almost 17 points a game, six and a half rebounds a game, four plus assists a game. Talk about that senior duo. It's part of a senior trio, but that duo especially.
13: Yeah, those guys have been our horses. We've been riding them for the past two years (laughs) as far as scoring. Um, and they also get a lot of rebounds and they're athletically gifted. I mean, these guys can jump out of the gym too, which gives you a huge advantage in our conference. Um, And they've really just been leading us, not just talent wise, but they're great leaders on and off the court um, and in the classroom too. the way they talk to people. They're super humble. They're super respectful. I mean, every guy in the team all the way to the last guy on the bench loves them equally. And, you know, we all love them, too. So it's pretty cool to see the camaraderie that everybody has for each other. And we really follow that from Austin and Zach um, because they're great examples of leaders.
0: That group is obviously the two leading scorers. You're sitting there in the next group of three who are kind of that next set. You got uh, Yellen Flaherty at at almost 14 points a game, Adler at 12 points or 11 points a game, yourself at eight and a half. Do you guys defer? Do you guys know when they're on and you know to trust them, that that duo? Or is all five of you kind of a a unit that understands everything kind of goes through you?
13: All five of us understand that it all goes through all of us. I mean, anyone, the crazy thing about our five is regardless of stats, anyone can go off for 20 on any given night. Mm-hmm. Um, it just happens to be that Austin and Zach are our best guys. So we know when to give them the ball. We know in crunch time or in certain situations, if they're feeling good, if they got a mismatch, I think that's the best part too, is our point guard, Ryan, and even some of the other guys, they know where the mismatches are because anyone can score. We just look for the mismatch, mismatches mismatches. Um, and so that really works to our advantage. I mean, Zach's hard to guard in the post. Austin's hard to guard one-on-one. So we just try to look at the other team and who they're deciding to put on us.
0: It's an interesting set because you're deeper than I think I would have expected from a team in the sky. because a lot of times the Skyhack's a couple of guys on top. Um, Claremont Mud script showed that the last couple of years. Really good team, but it was really a couple of guys on top and then everybody else. You guys feel deeper to me.
13: Yeah, we are deeper in the sense that like all of the guys that play um, are talented. Um, But we only play six or seven guys, usually, in that sense. But all those six guys, seven guys are capable of performing at an equal level, which is great to have. And we're all uh, equal in the sense of length and height. So defensively, we cause problems for people because we can switch and we can guard anyone.
0: Johnny, I want to switch gears. If you don't mind, let's talk a little bit personally because you've got an interesting story. It feels very much like a hashtag YD3 story, if you haven't (laughs) heard the hashtag. Uh, You out of high school actually committed to Chapman. Uh, played a year there and then decided to uh, pursue some business opportunities and left for a few years. So you're, you, we, you would be what we would call an older junior to some degree, uh, went into the working world for three years and decided to come back to school. What, what was it about that whole life, as it were, of going to Chapman and then changing your mind, going into business, and then deciding to come back? That you know, Tell us a little bit of what that was all about in your life.
13: Well, I think I'm just lucky to be a part of uh, D3 sports in general. I mean, when I went to Chapman, um, and in D3, I'm not sure if this is all D3, but especially for SCIAC, um classes come first. School comes first, which oh, is really yeah. <laughs> cool. So you can focus on, on your career, right? And then playing in sports, playing at Chapman and playing at Occidental, it, it gives me an ability to work on my leadership skills and my people and my communication skills that I can take to the real world. So luckily for me, I met uh, a former player at Chapman, Um, who introduced me to a business opportunity in sales and public speaking and leadership. And I decided to pursue that opportunity and leave school because, you know, I I believe everything in life is about timing, being at the right place at the right time with the right people. So I took that up, traveled for three years to Mexico, Colombia and Australia to to do those presentations. Um, And I learned a lot about myself and I dealt with a lot of adversity too, had a lot of failures within that. And um, I wanted to come back to school. Uh, I came on campus for an event at Oxy. Uh, Both my parents were actually All-Americans at Oxy. um, And they attributed a lot of their success in life to playing D3 sports in small liberal arts schools. So I I said, hey, you know, I wanna come back to school. I wanna finish my education while I can, because I feel like if I wait too long, I won't do it. Um, And the cool part is, like I said, like I can still run a business, do school and play basketball. Um, And that's what I like about D3 sports. Like if you go to division one, like, It's more of a full-time job playing basketball, and you don't have as much freedom. Uh, So that's why I love it, playing D3.
0: Perfectly said. Uh, And yes, true across the board in Division III. Uh, You talk about your parents being Oxy alums, and that probably helped make the decision to come to Oxy, I can certainly assume. But what is the difference between you as a player now and the player you you were at Chapman previously?
13: Um, I think mentally I'm a lot smarter with the game. Because even though I left for three years, I still studied the game. I love the game. I'm a student of the game. I always want to get better. Um, I think the biggest part is just the attributes I learned in the business world, um, such as being coachable and being willing to take criticism and not take it personally. Because some players, you know, some students, they don't take criticism that well. And they take it personally and they shut it out. And that prevents them from learning and getting better. Um, so I think the biggest difference is just my mental attitude
0: and the way I approach the game. Um,
13: And obviously, you know, playing pickup for three years on my own (laughs) will refine my skills too.
0: (laughs) Especially all around the world, Um, playing against other kinds of players who who play it a little bit differently. By the way, I've heard Brian Newell's a very critical uh, coach.
13: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's a great coach because he obviously played for Oxy a a little bit ago, but um, he knows how to motivate players. He knows what makes certain players tick. He knows everyone's different. Um, So he doesn't coach everyone the same way. Like he... He knows that I hate losing more than I love winning. So he'll prod me and, and tell me that, you know, I suck or something, and it, but he'll also give me plenty of, you know, uh positive constructive criticism and encouragement as well. So he has a good balance of that.
0: Well, at least you're 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 secure in your own to, to know what he's really doing versus someone yeah. takes it personally. Yeah, uh, he just to
13: everyone cuz not everyone's the same. Not everyone can take it, but with me, he knows how to get me going for sure.
0: That's awesome. Uh, I got to let you go. I'd love to chat with you much more. Uh, Real quick question. What are you majoring in and and are you hoping to go back in that same business direction after school?
13: Yeah, I'm majoring in psychology right now with an emphasis on sports psychology, um, which obviously is great for communication and dealing with people. I currently have a software startup that I'm a part of right now, so I'm doing that while I'm in school.
0: um, So I'm going to pursue that
13: once I graduate
0: as well. Johnny, you're overachieving, bud. You don't have to do that much. It's okay. Just enjoy basketball. (laughs) Just try my best. (laughs) forget the rest <laughs> johnny really great to chat with you thanks so much for taking the time good luck obviously it's winter getting in your mentalities uh really impressed with what you what you guys have done this season and i'm really impressed with yourself uh, great story about coming back to school and, and still participating and playing at a high level we have a tradition on this show which i kind of forgot to mention to you for the last week where we always give the guests the final word any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in
13: uh, I'm just really grateful that you have me on here and you give Oxy and the Skyac a chance to express where we're at and, and where we stand in the D3 national rankings. And I, mean, I love what you're doing on this show, just giving recognition to people who are making waves in this field. So it's awesome.
0: Well, thanks. I appreciate the kind words. It's a lot easier when uh, individuals like yourself are willing to come on the show via Skype, especially. We love yes. it. Uh, and talk to us from around the country. Take care of yourself.
13: I to stop using email and start using phones and Skype. <laughs> We'll comment
0: <laughs> uh i appreciate the time good luck this week uh maybe we're talking about you in a week's time nonetheless i have a feeling we'll be talking about you next year take care and we'll talk soon all right thanks dave johnny uh crossway joining us here uh, from uh claremont claremont Mudscripts. i just they lost to claremont Mudscripts. he's actually from oxy they beat pomona pitzer um uh danny says a fantastic game we watched 64 63 win it was a fantastic game um A big big week ahead for them. Obviously, they need to win to get in. They know that. Keep an eye on the Skyhack. Good basketball. Fun to watch. We'll take another break. We're supposed to normally start a show at this time. We're not, but we're going to keep going. Up next, we'll stay with the Skype theme. And joining us from the East Coast in New Jersey, Mark Brown, the head coach of New Jersey City, will join us to talk about the Gothic Knights. Do they feel they need to win to get in? Or do they feel they can maybe risk it? I don't want to say risk it but they they can, as a top seed, afford the NJAC craziness because it is crazy in the NJAC. I have a feeling I know where this answer is going, but we'll find out officially when we come back. Listen to Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. We'll be back with more right after this.
6: We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA.
3: Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it.
14: Big shots. Teamwork. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Krager Center in Salem. Bounces right back with a triple. Great job here. And that'll do it! Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and get your tickets today.
12: It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now.
4: It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
8: UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world.
2: I used to never really talk, ever.
12: This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship March 15th and 16th at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum Arena in Fort Wayne. With his third triple. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and secure your seats today. College
9: basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody,
0: here on this Sunday evening. Sorry for a little bit of a delay there, but we got ads to get in. We want to get them in. Don't forget the men's basketball championships coming up in Fort Wayne. Uh, Tickets are on sale. Looking forward to being in a new spot. Of course, the women on sale in the city of Salem, Fort Wayne and Salem, proud to be part of this Hoopsville show. We appreciate them taking their time to be a part of it as well. All right, so men's basketball, one of the conferences we've been talking about all season is the NJAC. It's it's always been competitive. It's always been fun. But what's great about the NJAC the last few years is that the competitiveness and the skill have all risen. Remember, Ramapo finally broke through whatever jinx we've been talking about in the conference by getting all the way to the championship weekend before being unceremoniously punted in the semifinals. You could argue maybe the jinx still existed with NJCU, but let's forget that because at least the conference seems to be right back in the in what i wouldn't say back where they were in the 90s but they're on their way to returning into the top of the conversation again speaking of njcu they've had a lot of expectations this season they are on top of the conference though it hasn't been easy for losses in conference along the way is anything but easy what does it all mean well that's why we have this show joining us to talk about these topics is the head coach of the Gothic Knights, joins us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville hotline via Skype. It's Mark Brown. And uh coach, first and foremost, congratulations on at least finishing on top of the heap, because to some degree, that means a lot. Yeah,
11: I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a been a rough season. A lot of <laughs> ups and downs. Uh, we've had some injuries. Uh we've had some situations that we really um we didn't expect this year. Uh, we I've, I've had to change my lineup a bunch of different times. So to win the regular season title and NJAC is a big deal, and we're proud of that accomplishment.
0: Let's go back to the end of last season because I think a lot of of questions start there. You guys mm-hmm. were a really strong team, obviously playing well. But you end up losing three straight at the end and four of your last six, including Stockton to wrap up the season and then William Patterson in the conference tournament and then Union tripped you up in Plattsburgh in the first round of the tournament. I know for a fact that's not how you guys wanted to finish the season, but it felt like you guys just kind of came unglued to some degree. Was, Was that accurate? And was any of that help and motivation moving into this season and to this point?
11: Uh yeah, really, really accurate. There's no other way to say it. <laughs> we really we fell apart at the end. Uh, you know, one of our goals each year is to have a 20 win season, and as you know, in a Division Three basketball season, which is really consists of 25 regular season games, that's a pretty big deal. And maybe I put too much pressure on the guys talking about having that 20 win season, but we really fell apart at the end. You know, the goal and the, and the conversation this season was um, consistently and constantly talking about finishing strong. And, you know, we lost the game last week to a really good, obviously, Ramapo Um, But we, we've been playing much better
0: towards the end of the year this year. These losses this season have been sprinkled. <laughs> they haven't come in bunches necessarily. Lost your yeah. first game out of the gate to Stevens. And we'll get to some of this in a minute. William Patterson had your number. They tripped you up at the end of November. Then you lost to Montclair, who came surging into the conversation this season, again, at their place. You had a thriller of a game against Worcester. Unfortunately, you ran into them after they had just gone through three straight losses. They were in a mood to prove that that doesn't happen. So that might be bad timing. You lost at Rowan and you lost at Ramapo. If you haven't sensed the trend, and I'm sure you have, all those losses on the road. So at least you've held firm at home. But most likely, if you continue playing, you're going to have to go on the road. What is the road? Why has the road been so challenging?
11: Uh, you know what is It's it, on the road for some reason we can't put two halves together. That's been the issue uh, You know it, it, each of those losses we we played one great half Unfortunately, it was either we dug ourselves into a hole in the first half or we didn't um, com- Communicate and didn't didn't do what we needed to do in the second half. So uh, we, We're just trying to stay consistent. You know, we have some new guys We have a veteran team, but I have some new guys that have become some key guys pretty quickly and with you know, consistency. That's that's the word we're trying to preach to these guys. Just play consistent and, and we wanted to be we wanted to be playing well this time of the year. And so far that's that's what's happened. So we're looking we're looking forward to Tuesday.
0: What was interesting was the the, the recognition that your program got in the last couple of years, especially with Sam Tony and, and his story,
6: mm-hmm. seemed
0: to turn you guys into a magnet. You got a, a bunch of players who from other programs said, you know what? No, I want to play there. I want to play with Mark Brown. I want to play with yeah. Sam Tony. Or you got players who at a higher division said, no, this isn't for me. And this is where I want to go. Mark, the problem I saw with that, that I think I've seen a little bit too, is you then had to get everybody to gel. You had to take yeah. a starting five and blow it up, as you said, even throughout the season with injuries, or whatever, and find where everybody could find a part. And people had to maybe check their egos at the door. Is that still happening or is this team finally settled in to what it's comfortable with that you feel confident going into a week like this?
11: We finally settled in. You're exactly right, Dave. It's been a lot of mixing and matching. Yeah. Uh I I've already told Sam Tony uh you know, I'm going to have to use him as my main recruiter as soon as his <laughs> basketball career is over because you yeah. absolutely right. some guys have I have probably two players on my team that have, you know, joined us in the past year just because of Sam. So it's been great. Uh, the guys, it did take some time to come together. We won some games where we really didn't play well, but we still stayed together and was it, were able to finish off a couple of teams. But like I said, you know, the key is for us to be playing, uh, playing well now at this time of year. We had a great practice today, looking forward to practice tomorrow, and we're really looking forward to the semifinal matchup Tuesday at home.
0: Not to look too far ahead, um, you've got six seniors on this team, but Sam Tony's a junior, and some right. of those other guys that are key to this, to this team are juniors or, or, or underclassmen as well. So it's kind of a mixed bag. You, you, I'm assuming there's pressure to get it done because you've got six seniors. You want to take advantage of that like Ramapo did last year, but at the same time you still have a heck of a core coming back. Right. Where, where do you check that in mentally? I, I know it's all about the here and now. But can you afford yourself to go listen? We're still building to some degree.
11: Uh, not really. We're okay. kind of on a mission to 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 get this NJAC championship this year. Two years ago, we had a golden opportunity at Ramapo. Great team. They won on a buzzer beater. Thank God Thomas Bonacum graduated. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that from a lot of people. <laughs>
2: yeah.
11: And then last year was just you know like like you said earlier, we weren't playing well at the end of the year. Um, Coach Chapman did a great job in preparing William Patterson, and they came in and upset us on our home floor. Uh, I got a group of seniors that are really starving for a championship. Uh, as freshmen, they won an ECAC Metro Championship, and they're looking for that NJAC title. They know this is their last chance, so that's what the mission is now. We just, we're, we're hungry for a title. I haven't won a title now, a conference title, since 2010-11. So I'm excited to be in this position where we're hosting at home. Um, but right now we're just worried about getting, trying to get past the tough Ramapo team who's playing really well right now.
0: Your two leading scorers, Tony and um, Banks, are junior sophomores respectively, and then Green and Richardson are two seniors. So we kind of have that yin and yang to some degree. Yeah, you're on top of the conference, and that obviously means a lot because you can play at home. And furthermore, you don't have to play at Ramapo, which if memory serves has lost one time in, in four years, I think, on their home floor, and and that doesn't count their other home floor in Vegas. Um, They haven't been as successful there. If you guys want to take the conference tournament there, we can. But um, it is coming to your place. We just said earlier how you do well at home. That's got to be an advantage. But how do you keep the home distractions from affecting the guys or the home advantage from having them back off slightly, unintentionally?
11: Yeah. Yeah. No, no. We'd rather be home. That's what it really boils down to. There are pressures to us playing at home. There are pressures to us being the number one seed, but we'd we'd rather have it this way than the other way. (laughs) So uh, we we, we played well at home this year. We've been undefeated at home this year in the conference, non-conference games, had some pretty tough games, and we were able to pull them out. Um, So we're just kind of looking forward to this week. This is a big week for the program. You know, we have a new athletic director who's now in charge. Um, He's excited. Uh, He's brought a different kind of new and different kind of energy to the program. Um, so we're really, we're really excited about the week. We're expecting to have our crowd really fill the gym. Uh, I think students around campus are excited and um, looking forward to, you know, 48 hours from now.
0: I'm a little curious for the, the, the NJAC evolution and the Ramapo effect, let's call it. We'll start with the evolution. Again, it's always been competitive. That's always been the excuse, rightly or wrongly, about why teams lose and struggle and all that. But the competitiveness has also risen because, again, Rowan, Montclair State, um, Ramapo, who recovered after having lost almost the entire core of that team, uh, Mm -hmm. they certainly surprised us in Vegas. William Patterson, that core has risen too. So you've all gotten competitive or stayed competitive but risen to to better. I think I asked you this in the past. was, Was an influx of new coaches helpful in maybe changing how all of you recruit? and all of you kind of prepare because they don't have the same mentality of going for the same guys that, you know, the Chuck McBreens and the, and, and whoever Re, Re, Jose Rabinbos of the former world used to recruit. H- has that all changed because of different coaching or have you guys all figured out how to evolve? I think
11: it's a combination of both. Uh, it's a great question too. I mean, you make some great points. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Different coaches have different preferences uh, when you talk about recruiting. So uh, I I think, uh, you know, there's there's kind of a youth movement now in our league also. You know, we have some young coaches that are doing things a little differently. Uh, I don't want to make myself sound old, but I'm one of the older guys now, and I'm one of the veterans. I'm going, you know, this is my 12th season in the league. When I took over for my dad in 2007, it's going really fast. Um, So I think it's a combination of both. Uh, Another thing, David – you're always gonna get good players in this area because you know obviously you, you know geographically New Jersey is the most densely populated state you know my school is in northern Jersey, there's some great high school basketball mm-hmm. here, and you know everybody's not a division one two mm-hmm. guy, there's some really good players at this level um so I think it's a combination of both but it's it's been interesting it's been really interesting, it's challenging. Uh, as a coach, if you're not prepared, if you're not well-organized, if you don't have a good assistant uh, coaching staff, you're not going to do well in this league. And that's every, every, really what it boils down to. Chuck McBreen and I talk all the time about how we beat each other up during the season. And, um, you know, what I try to do, and I notice what other coaches are doing now also, because this has helped us get at large bids. I also play a tough non-conference schedule. Yes. You know, we're not scared of the Christopher Newports and the Worcesters and you know, classy places and just a lot of history. You know, we really had a good time. I think we performed well at Wooster this year. So it's just a lot of fun, man. And, you yeah. know, I, I always say this, I, t- I tip my hat off to you guys for how you uh, really promote Division Three basketball. It really is in a good place right now.
0: It is. Uh, I agree with you. Um, the Ramapo effect. So they're the, finally a new team to get to the Final Four. You know, you know we've joked a little bit about, You know, nobody else except for Stockton had gotten to the Final Four this century. Ramapo made a wonderful run to the championship weekend last weekend. That can certainly buoy the rest of the conference. That can certainly say to the rest of you, we can do this too. And that whole concern about first weekend losses can be put aside. That said, does it also put now a huge target or a huge expectation on all of your shoulders not necessarily to match what Ramapo <clears throat> did last weekend, but to prove, yeah, this is a good conference, and we still need to prove we need to prove that because Ramapo's gone out there and broken through.
11: Right. Well, I mean, I think every year you want to show that your conference is one of the elite conferences. You know, our goal now was to just get into the tournament. Uh, you know, we're trying to get out of this conference as champions. That's, that's really what the goal is now. But I wouldn't say it's added pressure. I think people that really know – and understand Division Three basketball. They know how good the NJAC has been, mm-hmm. how good it is, and they know the history. Um just so happened that Ramapo last year did a great job yeah. of getting this. And, and, and that's that's after a couple of years of not getting as far as I feel they should have got, gone. So they put True. it together. Obviously, there's some luck involved. You know, he had a veteran-laden team, and they really performed well. And uh, And like you touched on earlier, you know, it was unbelievable the job chuck did this year Man. losing basically his whole team and it's basically first guy off the bench and to be in the position they're in now uh, it just shows you that the, the quality of coaching we have here
0: there's a lot of questions i could ask but I, we obviously don't have a ton of time but i do want to ask about the rankings and getting in at this point you sit atop the atlantic rankings which at this point who knows what next next rankings will look like you guys went one and one um and you may slip but that Being said, it's a bunch of NJAC schools. Ironically, not on the women's side, but on the men's side, it is full of NJAC schools, all five in the top five. Do you feel okay, because of the strength of schedule and all these other things, that if you don't win the conference tournament, you can still get in? Or do you look back at years past and see no selections out of the Atlantic and remind yourself, it don't matter, we're number one? (laughs)
11: <laughs> yeah no. uh haven't really thought about it I w- and it's funny you saying that because my um director of marketing i was talking about oh, this don't, the give him a,
0: don't give him a title <laughs> raise stop it
11: <laughs> yeah I, you know this year is one of those years where it's a little different i think the atlantic region is a little down uh but i, I think yeah. uh, you know not to take the top not to give a, ser- a serious consideration to the one and two C, one and two um, rank um, ranked teams in the Atlantic Region, I think, would be a mistake. But like I said, Dave, our goal is to not even have to worry about that. We're going for this NJAC title. We're we kind of throwing off, pushing forward with with everything, trying to win an NJAC title. You know, like I said, we 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 reached our first goal, which is to win the regular season title. The second goal was twenty wins. Um, the third goal is the NJAC championship. So uh, that that's what we're striving for.
0: You have an easy motivation because the team you just lost to is the team you're playing in Ramapo. But what's the message to the team in the locker room this week?
11: Uh, You know, just just you know, obviously a loss now would be catastrophic. Uh, We we worked so hard to get this uh, number one seed in the conference tournament, and let's take advantage of it. That's really what the message is. Ramapo played great last week. We came out a little flat. It was their senior night. Their guys played well. They played well the other night, Saturday, against uh, William Patterson. They have a couple of guys that are really playing well. Rob Lewis and a couple of other seniors are uh, playing really well. And, uh, you know, uh, we're just kind of trying to hold down the fort at home and, and looking forward to this game Tuesday.
0: Well, Coach, I appreciate the time as always. Uh, great to chat with you, especially via Skype. I know you have a lot of Brazilian roots, so I will say officially, obrigado.
6: I appreciate I not have... the time.
0: I, I I love the Portuguese language. Um, as tradition as you know, we give the the word to the guests, the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
11: Uh, you know, keep y'all in JCU. We're going to try to do something special this next week, and hopefully, uh, we'll you'll be seeing us in a tournament. And 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 if you don't see it, it won't be from lack of trying.
0: Well, that's always a good thing. I do hope we're talking about you guys in a week's time. In the meantime. Uh, enjoy the home side of this with no travel. That's nice. And I look forward to talking to you down the road.
11: All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. You do the same.
0: Mark Brown right. joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Skype hotline. We appreciate him taking the time to do so. Again, team is 19-6. and 6, But if you look at those six losses, it's a mix of really good teams. They are in control of the NJAC. They're on top. They play Ramapo, though. Tough squad. It's not going to be easy this week. Keep an eye on the NJAC and NJCU. When we come back, we'll switch gears, go women's basketball. We'll head into the South, talk to the majors of Millsaps. What does Justin LeBlanc think of his squad and their chances to win the SAA? And similar question we've been asking everybody. Can they afford to not win the conference? Again, theory is they're all going to say they've got to win the conference. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. Back with more after this.
1: Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person competing at a Division III level. created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein.
4: I'm a Division III student-athlete and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than.
3: So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms.
4: If you can play, you can play in Division III.
5: I'm a Division III student-athlete and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in
8: Division III.
6: We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA.
7: Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Mike Meller, head coach of Messiah Women's Basketball and member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We really hope you enjoy the show. Back to you, Dave.
0: Didn't get our mic clicked there. And Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this special edition of this show Sunday. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, dave.mcugh at d3sports.com. We'll try and answer the questions best we can. And, um, you can also join us, uh, where we're live simulcasting the show on Facebook live and, uh, Periscope also obviously on our chat room, YouTube, again, try and answer your questions the best we can, whenever we can, uh, as we try and sneak in a number of guests for the first time in program history, we were talking to a guest, a program from each of the regions, this, uh, around the country, We have done this on the marathon before, but that's obviously a 12-hour beast or this year an eight-hour beast. But even this year, I don't think we hit all eight regions. We may have. I just don't remember. This is the first time we've done it with a regular show. Granted, we're a little bit extended after being sick on Thursday. You might notice my voice sounds fine. Trust me, you wouldn't have wanted to hear it Thursday. I had a conversation with somebody unrelated to sports in, in my other world of life. And the person got in the end, understanding I was sick, said, jeez, you sound horrible. I said, and that's going to be the reason we're not doing a show tonight. Literally, on the spot, cancel the show. All right, so let's talk uh, back into women's basketball. You go down into the South region, and it's a who's who of great teams. And we warned you that this was going to happen on the women's side of things. Mary Harden-Baylor is on top of the rankings for last week. Emory & Henry, Texas-Dallas, Emory, Trinity-Texas, austin We haven't even gotten out outside of Emory to, well, there's a handful of schools. We haven't really gotten to an SAA team until you hit Millsaps at seven. They're a good team. They look like they're a team that's going to have to win to get in. Of course, most coaches are going to tell you that. But to talk about it and discuss it with us is the head coach of the Millsap Majors. It is Justin LeBlanc joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. And Justin, thank you for taking the time to join us.
7: No problem, Dave. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Absolutely, I haven't had a chance to really talk to you since you took over the program a few years ago. Uh, how's the transition been to to running the majors, as it were? And and uh, yeah, I mean, as a as a grad, that's got to be special, a little bit more special for you.
7: Uh, it has. Uh, it was it was uh, a situation we didn't really see coming. Kind of sprung up on us and. Uh, very fortunate to a chance to come back um, to Millsaps. Uh, both my wife and I both are alums of the school and uh, come back a little bit closer home, so certainly enjoyed. And uh, like I said, very fortunate to come back and um, having a good year this year, so certainly enjoying that.
0: Yeah, uh, you guys are clearly having a good season. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the breakdown of said season. But you guys do find yourself in the seven hole on the regional rankings. Granted, a lot can change into next week. But I get the feeling when you look at those, those rank rankings and see where you are, despite how many teams might go ahead of you just automatically, you got to feel like it's a winner winner go home type scenario here.
7: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we certainly believe that we probably have to win the tournament to get in. Uh, I think all coaches in our situation would probably uh, say hey, we think we deserve to get in uh, where we're at right now. You know, we probably got a couple losses uh, that hurt us um, and strength of schedule maybe. But, you know, we beat a lot of teams that are, in, that are ahead of us. and uh, But we certainly, you know, going into the conference tournament, we have some confidence. And uh, fortunately, we get the host. And looking forward to starting on Friday.
0: 21st win, certainly significant for this program. Uh, you look back into the history, and 22 wins uh, back in 14-15 and 11-12 is about the last time uh, at this mark. But we're not that far, removed from, from last season, where you guys went 8-18. Eight and 18. The turnaround... <laughs> is severe it's like whiplash um did you see this kind of successful season coming
7: we knew we had a chance uh the crazy thing about this season is we have the same exact team as we had last year uh
0: there's
7: not there's not a player on this year's team that was not on the roster last year that's playing for us and um a lot of things came together for us uh the girls rededicated themselves and just got better um we did a lot of things, and, and over the summer we did a, uh, a trip to Costa Rica, did a foreign tour, and I thought that was a huge deal for us. Uh, the girls came together, and Team Chemistry I took off, and you know got them thinking a little bit outside themselves, and uh, that certainly brought us together as a team, and, and kind of springboarded us into the fall.
0: Yeah, you talk about that that camaraderie and that that used you know being used to each other type scenario, and knowing who who everybody is, that's certainly got to be a benefit. You don't have to get used to anybody else. You know what everybody's flaws and everybody's advantages are. You do have a handful of seniors on this team, but it is a young team. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of freshmen and sophomores on this team. So you're building something, obviously, for down the road, though I know you're not looking past the next game.
7: <laughs> no, no doubt. Uh, we do have a young team. I think one of the biggest things for us this season, too, is this group of seniors we have. Uh, we got five seniors, um, you know, and four of them come off the bench. Yeah. And most most teams, when you, when you bring it in, you're, there's not a player off the bench that we bring that's not a senior. So we have a nine-man rotation, and we bring these four seniors off the bench uh, with one of them starting at the point guard positions for us. And it's just a little different for us. We get the our second lineup comes in, and we have so much experience that we can kind of keep things rolling um, and these these young kids that that we had three freshmen start last year, and they're all starting again this year right. to, as sophomores, and uh, they grew up a lot. And it's just something that's been very beneficial to us for sure.
0: That's again sophomore sophomore. That's your your top two leading scores in uh, Morgan McRae and uh, Dia Fortenberry. Then it's the seniors in Millicent Butler and Braxton Thomas, and then a junior in Anna Wilson. Uh, that's your top five scores, and we don't want to look over Taylor Manning clearly. Who's uh, another one of those sophomores that you, you talked about being freshman and moving mm-hmm. on up? So it's a nice mix, certainly. How do the players kind of play off of each other? You talk about no changes in, in essentially two seasons. To some degree, it probably doesn't matter what class they are, they probably all feel equal.
7: Yeah, and I think this season, I think we had like seven or eight games where we had a different leading scorer. Wow. Um, last season, Diaport Mary was a first team all conference player as a freshman, averaged about 16, 17 a game. She's down to about 10 or 11 points a game this year, um, and that's by design. I, you know, we kind of uh, the, spread the offense a lot and it, very unselfish, and uh, the, the girls do a good job of not caring who's stats. And like I say, came together a lot and team chemistry-wise and, and playing for each other and playing outside themselves and certainly shows up in the win-loss column.
0: When you look at the season, the losses are probably what do jump out because there's some that you just sit there and go, huh. Um the second game you guys <laughs> the second game you guys played against Laterno a non-conference play after beating them um what about a month earlier by 18 they tripped you up by 3 you lost to to Rhodes and it's a number I keep I trust me I looked at it 3 times Yeah we don't
7: want to repeat that number No I know uh, but I'm going to repeat
0: it to those out you can plug your ears for about 5 seconds 93 yeah. 49 was the final there and then you also lost to Barry all those teams are 500 or below uh, again, the loss to to Rhodes kind of jumps out as as being almost like a misprint Gettysburg just went through it the other night with Dickinson. What happened in those games that what feels so unlike the rest of the season
11: uh,
7: i wish I wish I knew for a hundred percent what happened <laughs> you know one Fair. of them was a game right after one of them was a game right after Christmas break, and you know sometimes those things go and um kind of wasn't wasn't fully ready back from christmas and had a conference game two days later and, and maybe been looking, looking over our shoulders a little bit and getting ready for that one. Um, Rose, I think Rose is a talented team. They can certainly win our conference tournament. Uh, they shot 57%, I think in that game. And, and we did not. <laughs> and Ben yeah. was on the midst of a, a nine, 10 game win streak. Um, when they got up at their place at the end, we were kind of winning the whole game and it kind of took over at the end. So uh, I think it shows a little bit of our league, a little bit, um, you know, it's a lot more than the records may look. Um, and obviously what Overthorpe has been doing, uh, it's been some tough battles.
0: You look at the schedule, and the one thing that jumped out at me early on and, and still does is the SOS is about 156, which is, you know, middle of the road in the entire division. You have a lot of games like Laterno, which are repeat and non-conference play. And as a result, it's put you in this spot in the regional rankings where you have very little wiggle room. You know, you, you're going to have to win to get in because you've taken some losses. Do, do, does a season like this or a scenario like this make you look at how you schedule and go? And, and, and I understand, obviously, being in Mississippi, it ain't easy. I get it. No, certainly not. But yeah. does it also, do you look at it and go, where can we solve a few things maybe to bolster our resume to allow us to take a couple of blemishes during the season?
7: It does, um, you know, being being in Mississippi and and in the South region as a whole, it's it's tough sometimes. You know, our closest conference game is three and a half hours away. Right. Our close our closest non conference game is over three hours away, and if one of those schools three hours away doesn't want to play, then we're looking six seven hours. And um, you know, all of our games this year been double headers. So some sometimes, and, and we try and do that with our men's team and. Uh, for budget reasons, and, and sure. if a team doesn't want to do a, a double-header, then we really can't schedule them. So sometimes it's out of our control, which is unfortunate, um, but all we can do is kind of
0: win the games that, that we can schedule and, and, and do well and kind of let the chips fall where they may. Does that then turn it around and almost make it easier? From the get-go, you're always going to be, hey, ladies, what we need to do is play well, we got to get into the conference tournament, maybe have it at home, which would be an advantage, and we got to win. That's, that's our only way to be playing in March. Does that almost make the conversation easier?
7: Uh, I think it does. I mean, we we have never talked about an at-large bid, um, you know, something that's a goal of ours. It's mm-hmm. it's really just a process. And certainly coming in from last season, we wanted to make sure that um, we had the program heading in the right direction, which I think we do. And, uh, you know, going into the conference tournament, we knew it was going to be a battle uh, with Oglethorpe last year and returning their entire team, winning the conference last year. We knew it was going to be a battle this year. And uh, we were fortunate to come out on top and, and have a chance to host it and then hopefully uh, – Get a couple wins this weekend.
0: Again, you're going to be hosting the conference tournament. That's a big deal. You get to kind of control things to some degree, sleep in your own beds, all of that jazz. Kind of like I had just asked uh, the NJAC uh, head coach from the NJCU, uh, do you also, though, have to worry about almost being too comfortable, that, that, the, that, that you're not completely ready to play or you're just a slightly off your game?
7: Uh, maybe a little bit. I know as a coach, sometimes I like being on the road more. I have the <laughs> the players in the hotel and yeah. not worrying about where they're at and, and things like that. Um, but I think, you know, our gym's a little different. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're undefeated at home this year. Hopefully we're going through this thing with a lot of confidence and, um, we can kind of keep it going. I know we're going to have a, t- a tough game, um, you know, starting out Hendricks and, uh, their record may not be what it looks like. They, they lost some girls to injury this year, but, we're certainly, you know, just looking at one game at a time and, and trying to get ready for this Friday early afternoon
0: game. Well, fascinating how this all plays out, certainly. And, and again, when to get in. But it's nice to be on top of the conference, especially in what this yeah, is your third season, if I'm if I'm remembering off the top yeah. of my head correctly, because you took over, I think, August 2016. Um, I assume it's all up from here. By the way, we should point out Mississippi College of Women, which has turned co-ed, they'll, they'll be closer for you sometime soon.
7: Yeah, um, when they when they started getting into where their counters and the, we, we always talk to their coaches already and uh, about scheduling in future games. So
0: there's a there's an extra game maybe <laughs> down the road, but again it's it's win and get get and go in and to some degree you got to just have everybody focus on the next game.
7: Uh, there's no doubt. I, I was a part of the the men's staff here in 7 08, right. and we were going into the conference tournament. We were 21, 22, and two. And we felt we had to win to get in. So there, I don't think there's any difference now. We always talk about it and just, hey, let's let's not leave it up to chance and let's do what we got to do and take care of business and, and control our own destiny.
0: Well, coach, I really appreciate the time. I, I'm fascinated um, by you the squad because you know it's a, it's you look at it and you've got some incredible games. And we should point out, I, I didn't even say this, you lost to Austin, but then you beat them, <laughs> and then you came back and beat them. Uh, later in the season at their place which is not the easiest thing to do you've got those kinds of games mixed in and then obviously the conference standings you did well 12 and 2 a game up on Oglethorpe who had a lot of people focused on them much this season so congratulations on what you've done and and good luck this week Um, as always we give the coach though the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning
2: in
7: yeah I'll take a a play out of everybody else's playbook and and thank you for all you're doing as a as a D3 lifer, as a D3 student-athlete and, and a coach and all that stuff, I really appreciate all you do to promote uh, D3 basketball, both on the men's and the women's side, for sure.
0: Well, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, it, it means a lot, and, of course, it's always easier, as we say, when coaches come on the show. So uh, thanks for doing that, or we couldn't do this show. No one wants to hear me just talk by myself. Uh, good, luck, good luck against Hendricks uh, coming up here on Friday at home, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing how the majors do this weekend.
7: Thanks, Dave. I appreciate
0: you. Absolutely. Take care of yourself. Justin LeBlanc joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. All, of your view, all interviews, easy for me to say, on the Hoopsville Hotline are courtesy of our partners at Blue Frame Technology and their industry-leading production truck software. Is your college ready to showcase its teams through a reliable and innovative video streaming service that won't break your budget? Blue Frame's advanced digital broadcast tools will help your broadcasts go to the next level. Learn more today by visiting blueframetech.com. That's www.blueframetech.com. Dot com and tell them I sent you. Tell them that you heard about it uh, here on the show. Uh, they would love to know that as well. I wouldn't mind the uh, extra love as myself. We'll take another break. When we come back, stay with the women's basketball theme. I hope you're uh, keeping track of mileage because we're now flying out to New York. We've been all over the country so far this show. We're hitting all eight regions, and we continue by hitting the East region. Jamie Seward, uh, head coach of the New Paltz women's basketball team, will talk about his Hawks coming up. You're listening to Hoop presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. More after this.
6: We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA.
3: Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it.
14: Big shots. Teamwork. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Krager Center in Salem. Bounces right back with a triple. Great job here. And that will do it! Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and get your tickets today.
12: It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now.
4: It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here from the WBCA and ABC Studios, presented by D3Hoops.com. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Actually, in the meantime, just checking to see if uh, anybody, uh, I do not see anybody have messaged us yet on Facebook. We're also emailed Dave.McHugh at D3Sports.com. And, of course, you can join us on our Facebook page, facebook.com, but also YouTube and Facebook's Windows. You can join us there as well. If you've got questions for us, we'll do our best to try and answer them. Don't forget, lots ahead still. Nichols men's basketball, LaRoche men's basketball, Wisconsin Lutheran women's basketball. We'll hear from Brad Bankston about re- regional realignment. And then Pat Coleman and Ryan Scott will join us to talk a little bit. Not really the double top 25 double take, but more of a, a kind of a bubble watch. You know, who's in, who's not. Who's in trouble? All that jazz. That's all coming up still on this extended version of Hoopsville. We've been on the air for, well, we're near our second hour, and we plan to do probably about four tonight. The uh, Daytona 500's over. I don't have any reason why you shouldn't be watching us, though. Great reference earlier by somebody on our chat boards. I think it was Dan. got to find it. It says, the Wyack looks like a crash at the end of the Daytona 500. Lots of great cars crashing into each other. Can't help it. Yep, and ruining each other's chances to move on as a result as well. All right, so women's basketball theme continues. We go jump into New York State. And the Hawks did one thing that a number of teams haven't been able to do the last few years. New Paltz is on top of the Suniac, knocking off Geneseo from that perch for the last few years. The other thing they've done is made the trip for everybody in the uh, Suniac playoffs as difficult almost as difficult as possible by forcing it to come to New Paltz. Certainly got my attention. Curious how it all's playing out for everybody. So joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of the women's Hawks squad. It's Jamie Seward and Coach. Thanks for taking the time to join us.
4: Uh,
15: no, I'm glad to be here. And anytime I talk to you, it usually means we're playing fairly well. So
0: usually, usually, there's I'll some do that yeah. There's some schools that want to avoid us, but uh, we'll leave that one alone. Um, yeah, I great season so far. Twenty-one and four, seventeen and one. Figuring uh, twenty-one seasons are not unheard of. With New Paltz, you guys have had this is the third season in four, and, the, and, and really in five seasons, it's been 17 or better wins. We're very far removed from the 6 and 19 year, but thank you, God, yeah, yeah, amen. Uh, but what you again, what you did that I think jumps out to me is you knocked off Geneseo, and, and you know, they've been the, the beast on top of the Suniac for a long time. Maybe some things fell your way, but at the same time, it feels like you guys took advantage of opportunities that you had in front of you from your own kind of recruiting and all that jazz.
15: Well, I, I have a, I guess a little bit of a different perspective on that. I mean, we've, we've beaten them three out of the last five conference tournament championships. And I think we have, uh, I think we're seven and six against them over the last, in the last 13. So, you know, they dominated our league, but they haven't necessarily dominated us. And, uh, I, I heard you talking to, um, to, their, to their coach Alyssa um, a couple of weeks back, and I, I was like, you know what, I, I might have to pick a bone with Dave about that. But I should probably. You're, you're welcome to. to. And you had me a week before, so I can't keep my mouth shut. So there you go, Alyssa. There's your bulletin board material. But no, you're but, welcome, um, and
0: that's fine. <laughs> it, it, no Jeez, I certainly can't tell you how every 450 schools do out there, um, to, to say the least. But you raise a good point. You have been right behind him. You have forced them into some losses. That were, that, that were perfectly timed, let's say, because um, you got them at just the right time. But to beat them twice in the regular season, to finish on top of the conference, to to essentially kind of let everybody know, no, it's our place now, uh, that's got to feel pretty good.
15: Yeah, I mean, it'll feel much better if we finish the deal this weekend. Um, you know, it's, it's as I told our players, you know, after um, the last, last regular season game on Saturday that, you know, to win a conference championship, a regular season conference championship over the course of, a, of the long run probably says a lot more, but they don't give you the trophy for that. You got to go and win. Sure. It's, it's going to be who plays, you know, the best over the course of one weekend. And, you know, a lot can happen. It's, it's basketball. It's, you know, one, one and done situation. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to complete that and uh, finish it off this weekend. But, you know, obviously it it's, uh, feels good. And as you said, to be able to make everybody have to travel all the way down here and uh, not, not have to go across the state uh, for ourselves, we're, we're fortunate for that, too.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, that's the, you, know, you don't have to go up to Geneseo. You don't have to uh, go anywhere else that's nasty, maybe as far away as, as the Buffalo region. That's certainly an advantage, to say the least, and, and that's important. That's what you do the regular season for, so you get that home cooking to some degree. Let me go back and say, I'm glad you were listening to the show when you weren't on it, so thank you uh, for taking of the course, time. Uh, and I assume the audio was pinned to the locker room um (laughs) early in the season a little bit of a rough start uh you guys ended up going four and four to start things off uh really five and four let's just say to start the 2018 part of the campaign uh, Mm -hmm. playing uh up in in uh moravian i believe it was uh to finish that all off since then you've been undefeated and i think that's what what jumps out at me You've, you've gone uh what is it 16 straight now uh in the win column Uh, 17 and one in conference play the one loss in conference play and during that stretch was only is there a difference in the beginning of the season that first nine and and the 16 cents or was it because you were playing an an interesting collection of, of tough opponents and we should we should be fair one of your losses was stony brook
15: yeah i think it's a little bit of both um you know we had we had a um a veteran team um you know, kids who played in, in NCAA tournament as freshmen and sophomores um, that are now juniors and seniors. And um, we had a couple injuries early. We had a, one of our one of our players um, was coming back from an ACL. Another one was playing in the NCAA tournament for, for our women's volleyball program. And so um, we had two starters that were not with us for the first game in a game that we lost in overtime to a you know, very good RIT team. Um, and then, um, which we actually had a six point lead with 20 seconds to go, but we'll, we'll forget about that part too. <laughs> oh no. Um, now that you brought it up. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, we, um, we, we lost to Stony Brook, and that was a great experience for us that kind of really forced us to have to look at some things that we talk about all the mm-hmm. time that maybe we can get away with against, uh, you know, lesser competition. That it's like, Hey, you know, now you see when you do these things, what happens mm-hmm. and when, when you have a good opponent who's able to take advantage of them. And I think that that helped. And then, uh, the only honor loss was tough. I mean, they're a good team. They're a 20-win team. Um, they they recently had one of their best players go down with a season-ending injury, but um, but they you know they, they were tough. She had a big game that day and, and beat us in a tough one. Uh, you know, game on the line. It was a tie game with like 45 seconds ago, and they they beat us there. And then you know we had we went on the break, went into exams. Um, no excuses. We we lost to a really well-coached and, and and talented Cabrini team who won a game in the NCAA tournament last year. We don't right. watch the same crew and. Um, but we hadn't practiced. We practiced one day um, after a, I think it was a 22 day break or something like that. And, um, you know, it was challenging, but at the same time, it really gave me some ammo because we didn't think the kids, uh, you know, really competed. And, you know, we were kind of sick of somebody getting a career high against us. It seemed to happen like every game. And so it gave me some ammo. And, and then, you know, we were a very underconfident team the next day, but we gutted one out. And then from there, we kind of said, all right, now the season starts for real. And, um, and since then, they've, they've bought in and, and uh, just done a much better job of, of just focusing on, on what we're trying to accomplish in a, in a game plan defensively. I think that, to answer your question, a roundabout way to get the answer here um, sure. to, to defend you know, with, with more urgency and more focus. And, and I think that we've done a better job of that over the last month or so.
0: You don't have an overly large team. You've got 12 players. I, I think mm-hmm. I've gotten at least used to, especially in Division Three, bigger rosters. That's not a, a small roster. Don't or, don't get me wrong. Um, my alma mater has six by the end of the season, so no, <laughs> uh, I know how this feels. But 12, three of them are seniors. You do have to rely to some degree that your depth is going to be able to be as good as, as the, the leaders to some degree, because especially this time of year, the grind has worn everybody out and, and you need everybody to step up. It, it, is the team equal in that sense, or with that short of bench, do you do still have a divide between those who are you know, the, the, the best and you can't afford an injury and those who are going to be able to plug holes but you can't rely on for 30 minutes?
15: Yeah, again, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think you know, we've had games where we really rode our starting five for you know, almost the entire second half. Um, but we've also had, you know, until, until this past weekend, we've, you know, haven't played our starters more than 22, 24, 25 minutes a game. We've been winning in a way that's allowed us to, to yeah. rest them. And it was like, you know, this is actually good for us this weekend to get them out there to be able to play 30 plus minutes again. Um, but it's been a little both We've gotten some, some nice contributions from our bench throughout the year at, you know, at, at times that we needed them to, you know, nothing serious, knock on wood. Thank good. Thank mm-hmm. God. But, you know, little things here and there, kid miss a game, kid miss a game here, there, um, so, um, you know, and, and people have stepped up when, when we've needed them to. And, and our bench has played, you know, very well over the last four or five games. So that's encouraging. And, you know, there's definitely some talent there. It's just a matter of, of them, you know, getting getting that confidence and, you know, how that goes. When you got confidence, all of a sudden
4: yeah. you're
15: a much better player than you were the day before. So without it. So that's um, – I think it's a little bit of both. Though so we rely pretty heavily on our first five. But our bench, you know, has really come on and, and we're going to need them to. And that was one of the other messages post-game the, the, after our last game on Saturday is, you know, we need everybody pulling in the same direction, regardless if, you know, you're playing 38 minutes or whether you're not seeing the, the game, you know, game floor at all. So, um, you know, we know that in order to, to be the kind of team that advances and, and plays in the NCAA tournament, you know, you have to have a, a full team who yeah. all wants that to happen.
0: Your top five are a mixture of seniors and juniors. Uh, you're led by two uh, juniors in Rachel Simon and uh, – seniors, I'm sorry, in Rachel Simon and, and, and Lindsay Betke. Um, Marion Dietz and Paige Nehmeyer. Our, our juniors, and then another senior in Taylor Howell. That's obviously a really good core. But you, again, we, you were talking about your bench. You're not afraid to go down there. Of, the, I think, the 12 you played, uh, all but four have played in – or all but five have played in more than 20 games, and really all but three have played in – all but two have played in 14 or, or less. So you're willing to go on that bench, and they certainly are coming up to play big for you when they need to.
15: Yeah, and I think, you know, we we have – some players who we really you know utilize for some very specific roles and you know then our our thing is we try to put apply constant game pressure not necessarily you know full court pressure or ball pressure but just game pressure where we can put somebody in off the bench and they can you know be a scorer for us we can run our offense through them um different things that that you know it's not just okay this kid's coming off the bench we can kind of back off a little bit we try to you know not give that that opponent that chance to take that deep breath and and make them you know whether it's have to defend or have to take care of the ball. But, you know, when somebody comes in the game, it's not just to to give somebody else a break. We think we want to utilize them and what their talents are.
0: What what makes this team tick? Simon and Becky obviously leading the way, 18.5 points for Simon, um, rebounds at 4.7. Um, she's Lindsey's one of your top assist players, but she also scores 15 points a game, hauls in 3.5 rebounds. A lot of players seem to have assists, so it looks like an unselfish team, but what makes it tick?
15: Um, you know, I think that our greatest strength is our, our versatility and our intelligence. We are able to do a lot of different things and play a lot of different ways, and, you know, we, we try to have one more way to win than the other team. And, and if, you know, in a given day that means that, hey, we can get up and guard you a little bit more. Today we're going to have to, you know, play through the post a little bit more. You know, we have different ways that we can play – to, to, to really try to combat a specific opponent and what their strengths or weaknesses may be, and we're intelligent enough to be able to do that, and not, you know, not like we're completely changing everything game to game, but be able to change enough that you know you have to have a pretty smart team in order to do that, and yeah. that's kind of what we've been able to do. And, and then we're a really good shooting team, and and fortunately over the last you know month or so when we've been winning games, we've been able to get to the basket more and and, and bounce that off and get to the free throw line a little bit more as well. Um, whereas early in the season we may have been a little too much feast or famine from the perimeter and. You know, even as good of a, of a, of a perimeter shooting team as, as we have, you're going to have games or, or you're going to have stretches of games where your shots don't fall. And, you know, those, those games got us in trouble. As, as I mentioned before, we weren't defending as consistently. And, and when you can't score or get to the foul line around the basket, and then, you know, you can go through a stretch where, you know, you, you give up a 12-0 run that's not a quick 12-0 run. It's a 12-0 run over the course of like six minutes, and those can be demoralizing. So we've uh, been able to balance that off a little bit. But overall, I think our versatility is our, is our uh, greatest strength
0: you get a, a little bit of time off. You won't play until Friday, February 22nd, again, at your place. That can be a plus or a minus. You'll take on either Brockport or Cortland. On the other side, it's uh, Fredonia or Oyanta taking, uh, taking on Geneseo, and again, at your place before the championship's played on Saturday. What, how do you get the team focused here? They get some time off, which is always great, but how do you keep them focused, too, so that they're ready for Friday?
15: Well, it's funny. I said, you know, right before we broke the other day and I said, you know, we're going to go hard at the beginning of next week. And you know, <laughs> I saw some looks around the room that we were excited about, it, actually. Oh, I was, okay. I thought you know, they were going to, you know, have some eye rolls. Yeah. They were like, no, we need that. We that, That's good. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, we had a recruit on campus this morning. So we had a little team brunch and, you know, we taught and I said, that, I was like, you guys, you know, what do you think about that? And they're like, no, that's what we need. Like, I'm glad mm-hmm. you said that. So, um, you know, I think that we'll go, we'll go hard a couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, and then. You know, probably give them a little bit of time off in, on Wednesday and, and then come back and put the game plan in on Thursday and and, and hope for the best on Friday.
0: Uh, I just got a note. Um, let's see. Uh, the NJAC assistant AD for facilities, apparently you got their uh, Cassidy Deaver's da- uh, daughter, freshman in the fall. So you're not afraid to go a little out of state, eh?
15: Well, I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about that. but ha, <laughs> ha.
0: I thought I got but, you. But uh,
15: no, we, we've been trying to get into New Jersey and, and the, the, the excellent basketball there for a while. And that's an interesting... leave it at that.
0: But that would be an interesting turn for you guys to some degree because, um, you know, being a, a New York State school, you have advantages being a New York State school, just like the New Jersey State schools, Wisconsin State schools, etc. But you have a all-New York squad. To, to think about going into another state for talent... That's really a change of mentality and, and a change of direction to some degree. What is the reasoning? And I don't mean New Jersey specifically. I just mean what is the reasoning of deciding, hey, let's branch out.
15: Well, I think you know, it's. I mean, New Jersey is specifically is only you know an hour away, um, forty-five minutes, hour away, um, and and there's some some really good basketball there. We're you know only an hour from Western Mass and, and Connecticut, um, so we're we're in a position that we can potentially attract you know, a lot of mm-hmm. people, but um, from a lot of different areas. But at the same time, you know, the basketball is, is really good in, in Long Island and New York City and, and Westchester and, and Albany area. So, you know, we're able to stay within an hour and stay in state. And, you know, obviously that in-state tuition is, is uh, quite the bargain. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not really necessary. And I often find myself, you know, at an AU event saying, all right, should I go look at this team mm-hmm. from, you know, wherever out of state or should I go see this team from Long Island for the 12th time? And I end up usually going to the see that Long Island team for the 12th time. <laughs> but, um, you know, every once in a while, I guess, the, uh, you know, what, what's the saying? Uh, blind squirrel finds an 8 current. There you so go. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're willing to, to do whatever we can, can to get good players and, and the kind of, more importantly, the right people that, that fit into the way that we, that we do things here.
0: Al, I, I can't blame you. Uh, congratulations on uh, the season so far, your 12th season, we should point out. It is going pretty darn well, and we look forward to seeing how the SUNYAC tournament plays out in the end um as always give the coach the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those may be tuned in
15: uh yeah i mean you know obviously thanking you for everything you do and the spotlight you put on these division three athletes and, and the time and, and work that they put in but i also want to give a little shout out i'm i'm uh, really proud to, to say that we have um three either former players former assistants or one who's both um who are head coach for the first mm-hmm. time this year and they've all come into some challenging situations one nicole Sarcone, you had on yeah. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, and then we have Colleen Ames at Clarkson and Mike Moskowitz at Alfred, and they've all really done excellent jobs, and I'm really proud of them and just wanted to give them a little shout-out because uh, they've done a really good job this year in their first year and, and uh, looking forward to, to seeing them do great things and, and uh, listening to them talking to you sometime down, down, down the road in the future.
0: We'll look forward to having them on as well. Jamie, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Good luck this weekend, and uh, we'll look forward to talking about the Hawks down the road.
15: Sounds good. Thanks, Dave. Awesome. Take care.
0: Jamie Seward joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate his time uh, again. Not too bad. They're going to be at home, and that's the key here. Uh, they were home last weekend against Potsdam and Plattsburgh, so they're not as worn out having been on the road. They're, a bulk of their road games were back at the uh, kind of end of January, beginning of February. So you know it's working out in their favor. We wish them luck. Uh, Matthew had said earlier that uh, that lacrosse got robbed at I think I don't know who Matthew chews, che- cheers on. He says robbed at Oshkosh is at, at like usual, but it's all good. I made a, a comment about how you know robbed. Oh, okay, he goes. Did you watch the game? Oshkosh is fake. They get calls to go their way all year, including games versus us. I'm not one of their fans either, but it's true. Just wait, we will be O'Claire, then go to Oshkosh. We will beat Eau Claire, then go to Oshkosh on Thursday and win. I'll be blunt. Oh, gosh, fake? Come on. They got to the national championship game last year. They're a pretty good team. Let's not talk about them being fake and calls all year. It's just not how that works. It's it's just not how that works. Um, you, you, we can pretend, but this is also I, I will also say this because I I see it every game I go to, whether a PA announcer or broadcaster. There is so many fans who do not know the rules of basketball. And while being a fan, I understand. And while wanting to root on your team, I understand. But maybe we need to refresh not just coaches and officials on the rules every year, but maybe we need to refresh fans. Just a thought. We'll take another break. When we come back, uh, we'll get back into some men's basketball. We'll jump up in the Northeast. Talk to one of the more um, exciting basketball players in the country. We'll talk to senior guard Mark, Marcos Echeverria here from Nichols. Love to hear his side of what his career has been like. you listen to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops when we come back.
10: I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. And it's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly is all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being.
8: UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world.
2: I used to never really talk. Ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
12: Big shots. Big dunks. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship March 15th and 16th at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum Arena in Fort Wayne. With his third triple. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and secure your seats today. College basketball
9: lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Sorry, I had my head turned there as I was trying to call something up. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, dave.mchugh at d3sports.com. Maybe get that Hoopsville thing up and running sometime in the future. Um, you can also interact with us on Facebook's live stream, Periscope, uh, and YouTube. Of course, we're at uh, facebook.com slash Hoopsville on Facebook. That's how you can interact with us, and we hope you'll take advantage of it as best as you can. Uh, we're jumping up into the Northeast here. One of the teams that certainly has gotten plenty of attention over the years has been the Nichols Bison. Uh, there are a hundred reasons as to maybe why you could argue they've gotten that attention. One of the reasons is probably their senior guard and Marcos Echeverria, who probably one of the more fun guys to watch. Aston Francis has gotten a lot of attention out of Wheaton this year, and rightly so. But what um, Marcos has done over the years is certainly just as fun. They're right now at 23 and 2. In the four years he's been there, 25 and 4, 24 and 6, 25 and 4, now 23 and 2. They have uh, they're having their best season in conference at 15 and one. And obviously the conference comes through them as they will take on in the semifinals they will be hosting coming up on Thursday. Wanted to get his take on things and get a chance to talk to one of the guards that we keep an eye on around Division Three, So joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline is the aforementioned Marcos Echeverria. And uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
16: No, nah, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I, listen,
0: what? let's start here. What draws you to a school like Nichols that, while good, really hasn't gotten a lot of attention Especially in the northeast, which is chock a block of really good teams.
16: Uh well, I mean, first off it's kinda of just a blessing in disguise, um, to be able to land at Nichols and, you know, kinda of have the the team and coaching staff that I've had for the past four years. It's been great. But uh, you know, coming out of high school I was kinda of under recruited. Um, and, you know, that was given because I was such a small kid. Uh but You know, the recruiting process wasn't what I hoped it to be. Um, I was was getting recruited by uh, Endicott, who is in the TCC, and they made it to the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think it was two years prior to uh, my freshman year. Um, And then I was being recruited by Clark, and then finally Nichols came into the picture, and, you know, that kind of just wrote itself. I visited Nichols. I kind of fell in love with their academics. And then I, um, you know, I liked Coach Glenn, who was here previously, and then I, uh, I kind of fell in love with, you know, their atmosphere that they created for me.
0: Interesting you bring up the academics because, man, that is a D3 theme because obviously there's more involved than basketball, but you're a good basketball player. Uh, how were you, were, you, were you courted by higher divisions? Were you courted by others where academics wouldn't have been as much of a priority, I assume?
16: no i mean i think I think a lot of schools preach you know being a student athlete, and you know that's that's something that's been close home to me is you know trying to be the best student athlete I can be um you know, I tell my little brother that a lot you know you gotta be you gotta be on top of your academics before you can step onto a court, and that goes a long way because after you graduate, you know basketball will be there, but mm-hmm. what are you gonna do that? What are you gonna do after basketball? So I think you know having Nichols having this four plus one program that I really liked. Um, and to be able to join that has just been a stepping stone for my future that, you know, I can't thank them enough for.
0: Can you give us a sense of what the 4 Plus 1 program is?
16: Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm involved in the 4 Plus 1 program, and it's either to get your master's in business um, or leadership and or accounting. and so. The route I'm taking is uh, to get my master's in accounting. And so, you know, I, I graduate with my bachelor's in four years, and then I have to take classes for an extra year after graduation to be able to get my master's in accounting, which is an MSA.
0: Interesting. had a, a friend of mine, a teammate in school, 3-2 program in engineering, where he came away with two degrees from two different schools. So I know I'm familiar with these kind of uh, hybrid systems. They can yeah. I get you more than than what you uh, than than some schools might get you to some yeah. degree. So clearly that what you had a goal coming into this. And oh by the way, you play basketball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, did it shy you away? That again, I'm not trying to diminish Nichols prior to you coming. They yeah. still won a couple 21 seasons. It's not like they were uh, a team that wasn't there. But you have taken this program, in part, you and your teammates, to another level. It, it didn't shy away of what the program you know, was considered compared to an Amherst or a Williams or these other schools? You just wanted to play?
16: Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like I said, you know, Nichols created a great great atmosphere to me, for me. And um, just, you know, like I said, I was kind of, you know, I was considered too small, you know, kind of mm. coming out of high school. So that kind of just deterred a, deterred a lot of schools away. So, I mean, you know, and I don't blame them. I mean, <laughs> I'm a, I was a small guard. I didn't really, I didn't really like shoot in, in high school. And so, um, you know, that definitely shot away some schools. But other than that, I mean, Nichols, like I said, you know, they created that atmosphere. And, you know, prior to me coming, I think they won 20-something games. And so I just said, hey, you know, I want to be a part of this winning program and, you know, hopefully take it to the heights that I think that they that, – um, where we can go. And luckily, you know, that's kind of how it turned out.
0: Uh, buckle up. I'm going to read through some of your career astonishing stats. You have the all-time leading uh, score in college history right now with 2,381 points. That's insane. Um, also broke the record for games played with 112 and steals with 209. You climbed the number two in field goals. And this is program history with 723. Free throws made with 482. Assists with 462. That's all coming into, I should say, this weekend. Um. Hmm. So some of these numbers may be a little bit uh, dated. Uh, NCAA record for most consecutive games with a three-pointer made at 97. That's across all divisions. Um, Currently fourth all-time in three-pointer field goals made. And our our resident expert, Ryan Scott, will point out you've made the most three-pointers of any non-system player ever. And system being Grinnell's system. Fifty three points shy of all time leading score in the conference's history. Seventeen points shy of twenty fifth all time in division three scoring. There's a lot of other things I can get into. But what, what jumps out at me is you're twenty points a game, four rebounds a game, but you're also the leading assist guy on this team. You it's not all about you and scoring, it's also about no. your team.
16: Yes, exactly. And uh yeah, I just like to touch upon that. Um I think that we create I think that uh our team creates an atmosphere of you know kind of being selfless and uh and when I think when a team does that, you know playing for each other, you know not playing for yourself, that creates an atmosphere and you know kind of creates a limit, like a sky's the limit you know uh, cliche as um is when you create that type of atmosphere of just playing playing for something more than yourself it just it shows and uh you know i love I love to get my teammates involved, and like I said before in high school i wasn't really much of a shooter, I was a point guard at heart. Mm-hmm. So I love to get I love to get my big men layups. Love to get my shooter shots. So you know that's kind of what I like. That's kind of what my game's about. Um, I like to just get my teammates involved.
0: That's pretty cool. Uh, we should talk about your teammates. Deontay uh, Bruton is second on the team, yep. just eight tenths of a point behind you at nineteen point two. Uh, Hauls in four rebounds a game. He's second on the team in assists. Uh, second on the team in steals to you, uh, Matt uh, Moreau. Uh, he's yep. got a double double: thirteen point two, ten point five in in points and rebounds. Uh, You also have Jerome Cunningham, who uh, averages 8.5 points a game. After that, admittedly, a a little bit of of a, I'm sorry, not 8.5 points a game, 9.5 points a game, then 8.5 rebounds a game. And then you have Nate uh, Tengalia at 8.5 points a game. Then it kind of drops off a little bit in scoring. But that's an interesting group there because you all score, you all grab rebounds, you're all handing out assists, all of you well over 50 assists a game, which is two assists per game or higher. Um, You all get steals. That's an interesting group of five. Tell us a little bit more about that chemistry.
16: Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't thank these guys enough for, you know, kind of building this legacy uh, of Nichols College with me. Um, they've been great. Like you said, you mentioned Deontay. Um, he was kind of a steal as well when we were recruiting him. Um, we thought – I thought he should, you know, got out, should have got recruited a little bit higher than what he did, but, you know, he fell into our hands, and he's just been great since his freshman year. Uh He's, he's one heck of a player. And then like you mentioned, Matt Morrow, um, he came in his freshman year and uh, he didn't, he said that he didn't really have the season that he wanted to do, came back even stronger than I could imagine. He's averaging a double, double drum Cunningham. He's like a six, eight guard. You could say, um, he dribbles the ball. Well, he likes to score. He likes to pass the ball. He rebounds. He does everything that kind of just goes off the stat sheet and, uh, Nate Tanaglia, you know, he can score the ball at will, but he also locks down on defense. Um, and that's just and just when you have that type of chemistry with these guys who you know want to share the ball, who want to get all the gritty hustle plays, it just it just shows. And I know it, I feel like that that goes un that goes unshown in I know today, today's game that a lot of these a lot of these players you know they do they do the stuff that no one that doesn't get shown on the stat sheet. Mm.
0: Let's talk about the season because I, I would argue you guys have had a weird and wacky one um uh, let's start back with the uh with the off season when you mentioned him earlier tom glenn decided to move on to yeah. rhode island college take over the program did that surprise you guys considering the group you had returning and the opportunities you guys mm-hmm. thought you had with the bison that he would and i'm not diminishing his departure for another job i'm not saying that yeah, but yeah. did it catch you guys by surprise that that it happened
16: yeah i mean it definitely it definitely caught me by surprise but uh you know, I, I understood where he was, com- where he was coming mm-hmm. from and, um, and I mean, I, I'm not mad at him. <laughs> he made, he, he made, um, it was a, it was a good decision for him and his family. And sure. coach Glenn is a great guy. Um, you know, he helped, he helped my, he helped my game. He helped Deontay's game. He helped Matt's game, Jerome's game, Nate's game. So, I mean, I mean, all the thanks to him and helping and helping us build, uh, Nichols college and, um. You know, and that kind of just led into uh, Coach Foucher, who's our head coach right now, to just you know kind of having the the season that we have that we've had today. Um, just all around, just all around great, great guy. And you know, like to get back to your question, it was kind of a surprise.
0: Sure. Um, so you, you're not mad at him, but a, a rumor has it you will never talk to him ever again.
16: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, coach Coach Gun's <laughs> coach a good guy, and um, you know whenever. Whenever he needs, when, what, if he needed me for anything, I'd be there. Uh, whether it's, you know, come down for a practice after I graduate. Yeah, there you, you know, go. Yeah. Guys.
0: yeah, after and, you graduate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, quickly, uh, how long did it take you guys to kind of get up to speed with your current coach, uh, Scott Fonker, uh, F- focher uh, How long did it take you to get up to speed with him, to adjust to him, to him to adjust to you guys? You know, how, how, you know, what was that like?
16: Um, I think it was it was I think it was instantaneously uh we connected right off the bat um he's a young coach so basically we felt that we felt that connection we felt that relationship that it was bigger than basketball and you know he's going to help us you know outside of basketball so I feel like when that relationship was created it was just instant you know yeah. uh but we're playing for we're not only playing for ourselves and our teammates but we're also playing for him um so I think that that connection just was instant and you know that kind of just plays into our you know our record today uh it's, there's not really been that many hiccups. so.
0: Yeah, well, it's fascinating because you guys have played well. Though, can't get really past the uh, opening game against Fitchburg State. That <laughs> didn't exactly go according to plan, even though you won at 84-75. <laughs> Started this season, forgive the pun, with a bang. Um, I don't want to dive into the details. It's way back at the beginning of the yeah. season. We covered it then. But yep. what, have you ever been in a situation like that where either a, a player has done something so overtly over the line that it that it it that it results in that, and how did you guys stay so cool because I'll be honest, I've seen a lot of situations like that where the other team understandably loses their mind and, and, mm-hmm. and whether that's right or wrong, I'm not getting into, but how did you guys react to that stay cool, and have you ever been through that before
16: uh no, I've actually never been uh a a part of something like that um I think I think that a lot of a lot of what helped was, you know, kind of all of us were looking at the rebound that was yeah. potentially coming off. Um, but no, I mean, I think that we've handled we've handled that situation very well, and I mean, I'm proud of my team for you know people who did see it not to retaliate, and uh, I think that that definitely brought us closer um, sure. because. As you know, that it blew up all over social media, and just a um
4: <laughs> Yes.
16: <laughs> um, so I mean, I couldn't be I couldn't be proud of my team that you know kept the cool that we that we uh, had, and I think that you know that gelled us together even more um, to become a family to stay together. And we have this quote say we're just one, and so I feel like you know to have that quote just one and be able to you know kind of gel that together and have that signify what we are. Um, I was just overall proud.
0: Really amazing. Uh, again, hats off to the, to the lack of reaction, for lack of a better description. Um, two losses. They all happened in a span of three games right at the turn of the year. You guys lost to Salisbury at the tournament at Springfield, 78-71, when Salisbury was a little bit more of a, of a juggernaut. Uh, you beat Tufts and then lost to Gordon when you got back into conference action. You, have of course, yeah. avenged that loss to Gordon the other night, 107-93. Uh, are you guys playing well? Do you still need to
16: improve? Oh yeah, I, I think there's there's always room for improvement. Um, but I think uh, I think we're playing very well at this point in the season. Um, you know, we're healthy, and I think that's the main that's the main thing. Um, you know, just being healthy, uh, no no knick knack injuries. So I think that if we can stay healthy, um, this guy's this guy's our limit. You know, in conference and hopefully in the NCAA tournament. Um, I think you know if I were to say some improvement, uh, I think it's. You know, just being commun- communicating on defense. Uh, um, I think that when teams get tired it, this late in the season, you know, there's not there's not that much communication on defense. So mm-hmm. if I were to put one improvement um, on us, it would probably be communication with uh, within our defense.
0: All right, but Bison.
16: Other than that, yeah.
0: Bison, you're on notice. Uh, Marcus <laughs> says you guys got to improve the communication. Uh, fourth in the regional rankings. Obviously, we'll get another set coming this week. Um, I can't imagine you you would move anywhere but maybe slightly up. Does that guys give you guys any thought that you can be an at large team and not worry if you stumble here in the tournament? Or as everybody has already said on the show, no, it's win and get in.
16: Um, I think I think with the strength of schedule that we've had, um, I think that we put in our we put ourselves in a position where. You know, if, if we did stumble that we would uh that we would potentially get a chance to have an large at have an at large bid and I'd get slide into the tournament. But um I think at this point we're just trying to take it one game at a time and, you know, hopefully not stumble and you know, kinda just win and get in at this point. But um yeah, I think uh, we set ourselves up pretty well with the strength schedule that we've had. So
0: Well, I am I'm more than thrilled i got a chance to chat with you i would love to chat with you more but unfortunately i've got other guests that would like to to come on the show too but okay thanks for the time uh thank you. and and for talking to us about yourself Nichols, the team and and more uh, appreciate the time we have a tradition on the show we always give the guests the final word is there any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in
16: uh no i just um just want to thank uh you know my team my coaches and uh, my family for you know all the support that they gave me and uh yeah, no, thank you for having me on the show again.
0: Well, thank you. Take care of yourself. Good luck in the tournament this weekend, hopefully, or this week. Hopefully, we'll be talking about you guys in March as well. And uh, m- more importantly, good luck in your career after basketball comes to a close.
16: Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Marcus uh, Marcos, each of area, joining us here on the show. Really appreciate the time he took to join us. Fascinating conversation for a really good basketball player. For those of you in the Central, I know Ashton Martin's good. Or Ashton Martin. I just made up a name. Uh, Ashton Francis is good and others. Check out Marcos uh, Echeverria. He's, he's, he's worth the time. Um, Daryl says, missed you Thursday, Dave. Would have made putting up sheetrock on a Habitat Humanity house go by faster. First off, tip of the tat, hat, sir, for doing that work with Habitat for Humanity. I have someone who's high up in the program it was a uh, classmate of mine in, in college, and I'm always impressed with their work. I have other friends who are very involved. Very hat, Tip of the hat, Hero. Uh, he says, glad you're feeling better. Good show today, too. I'm glad I'm feeling better. I can't believe my voice is as good as it was, but trust me, Thursday would have been ugly, um, to say the least. Going to take another break. When we come back, we'll keep up with the men's basketball theme. Talk to LaRoche. If you don't remember the beginning of the year, I learned that it's not LaRoche, and no one had corrected me. It's LaRoche. We'll talk to their men's basketball coach, uh, Coach Carmichael, about a team that a couple weeks ago we started telling you you got to watch out for out of the AMCC. And with the way the regional rankings are now done, they're getting maybe a little bit more respect. We'll talk to him about that. Still ahead, Wisconsin women's basketball coach Clay Knupo will join us in a lengthy conversation with Brad Banks of the ODAC about regional realignment. It's not just about... Um, basketball we talk about all sports in division three for the most part an interview that we just didn't have time to cut down but it is well worth every minute and then pat coleman and ryan scott will join us to close out the show talking about bubble teams you listen to hoop presented by d3hoops.com from the wbca nabc studios we'll be back with more hoop when we come back
6: we are the coaches of women's basketball we are leaders and teachers dreamers and winners We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA.
3: Great moments
14: This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Krager Center in Salem. Bounces right back with a triple. Great job here. And that will do it! Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and get your tickets today.
12: It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now.
4: It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division 3. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.